jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being back with us here. It is episode number 235. And it is Monday, August the 16th, 2021. We're here to start your week off right by romping you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I am Joe Murata. I'm joined by Mr. Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, diddy. What's going on? Anything new? Oh, nothing much. No, just, just- uh Chilling, just chilling, chilling, because you know, in the air conditioner. Well, because oh. of the heat, it's it's very hot. Of the summer, it's always hot. It is hot every it, day this summer. It huh? is. It's been a pretty hot one. Yeah, and you know it's going to be a hot one. We have some hot retro wrestling topics in store for you guys. Thank you so much for being back with us. Before we get to anything though, Quinn, we always like to do a little housekeeping. Right, the housekeeping. The housekeeping. We got we got to keep that house. We have to. <laughs> yes, we got it made. Anyway, guys, thank you so much, really, for being back with us here. If you don't follow us on Twitter, why don't you give that a shot? It's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. That's a Twitter application. Right. And you can follow us there. Now, we don't have the video. We Here's the thing. Maybe you're new. You wonder why we always say that. Yeah. For a long time, we posted daily video clips. It was a very long year. It was like two years or something, right? Yeah. And people loved them, and so did we. But what happened was they got mad. Yeah. People got mad. Not who you think would get mad no. either. It's like some weird people. Some some guy got yeah. mad. And we don't want to lose our Twitter account. But you can follow us at OVP Podcast for daily pictures and things like that. Until which, they get mad about that. Until, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and pictures. <laughs> pictures. Could you imagine that starts getting banned from Twitter? They just can't even do anything anymore. You know, you never know, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, but until that time, why don't you give us a follow on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to. We do get emails occasionally. It's ovppodcast at gmail.com that is ovppodcast at gmail.com but Quinn yes if people want to talk to you or me or maybe over 1100 other retro wrestling fanatics where can they go over at facebook.com slash pictures where they're allowed over there they are allowed there yeah, yeah. and the, videos you know what they also also is allowed over there what uh, a search bar oh what are you doing well, it? there's a search bar and you type in the search bar our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast bing bang boom tube score kaflui and you hit the join group and you're in. Am I correct, Quinn, that when you're joining the group, there's going to be a thing that pops up and says, here's our one rule. Right, we got one. And the one rule is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. Don't do it. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) It's not really good. All that means, honestly, is our group is a place to talk about old wrestling, right? And whether that's WWF or WCW, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who your favorite wrestler is or time period of promotion is. The one thing that we ask is if you're going to disagree, do it nicely enough yeah. that you're not attacking each you other want personally. To be very nice about it. Very nice. Mm-hmm. You don't want to call each other names like booger. No booger. <laughs> don't, none no, of that. No doo doo brain yeah, or anything no, like none that. Of, none of that stuff on the playground. No. Or even the stuff that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the other playground. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Anyway, just join the group. It'll be fun. If you like talking old wrestling and you like doing it in a pretty much drama free environment, we might have a good place for you though right. over on Facebook. Also, real quick, this is the quick version of the plug here. If you like OVP and you like what we do, we have two extra shows that we actually do. Two? Yes, two. And they're available on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. we got the 1984 canon. We're chronologically going through 
WWF Championship Wrestling. We've been doing it for over two years worth, and we're going to keep going. And then also, the other show we do is WWF Pay-Per-View Reviews in order, starting with the first WrestleMania. Out right now for August is SummerSlam 93. It's quite a show. Quite a show. Uh, a few weeks from now, as we get into September, we'll be getting towards Survivor Series 93. Oh, Queen's my favorite. favorite. My favorite. <laughs> but if in, you, in a decline and Survivor Series. Can't wait. Yeah, oh, boy. But if you are a fan of the old school WWF pay-per-views from the 80s and 90s and you like OVP, we have the perfect match for you. And that's over on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Give it a shot even for the rest of the month and see what you think. Michael? Yes? We've been doing a new segment that I've really liked, actually. <laughs> this segment, folks, is kind of the antithesis of the Rushmore in the sense that, you know, when you think of Rushmore of wrestling, mm-hmm. Stone Cold. Yes, yeah, Stone Cold. Hulk Hogan. All those guys. Ric Flair, The Rock, all these people. You think of all these best thing ever, right? Best guy ever. Best wrestler ever. But what this segment is, is talking about the people, whether they're wrestlers or something else, that played a part in why we fell in love with wrestling. That played a part in our overall enjoyment and the entertainment. And we call this The Unsung Heroes. Quite a fanfare. Oh, a lot of it. <laughs> a lot, a of, lot it. of it for these unsung people. Now, this is a strange one, but mm-hmm. you will you are listening to a wrestling podcast. But Quinn, today's unsung hero is Dick Ebersol. I don't know what you can go over with Dick Ebersol. He's a dark. He's a complete dark. Dick Ebersol. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's not very unsung in the world of television. No, he's not, especially NBC, especially yeah. NBC Sports. Mm-hmm. This has been a presentation of NBC Sports. The leader in innovative sports television. Now, if you are a casual viewer or fan of wrestling, you might not have ever even thought about Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon working together. You might not together. even know who Dick Ebersol is he, because he's, you know, he's kind of old now. And he, he, he's, he, he's he is. not really, I don't even know if he's still in the business like day to day or maybe he's in I think an he's advisory one of those, like, capacity. I think he literally is like an advisory capacity. Yeah, yeah. like Miss Elizabeth at right, WrestleMania 6. Right. But Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon, long before the XFL, had mm-hmm. a great working relationship in the 1980s and into the 90s. And Dick Ebersol and his influence and his style of doing things was actually more influential than you might realize in terms of why wrestling was so awesome in the golden era. Right. The largest indoor crowd in history. Watch as I met Thunder the Giant face to face. And I'm here to tell you about it on Saturday night's main event. Now, Dick Ebersol himself, Quinn, Probably either best known for a few things, either just in general with NBC Sports being responsible for their basketball program, all the things that they did with NBC. If maybe you're a real SNL fan, you might know that he was the executive producer briefly for, well, four years from 81 to 85 for SNL during the dopey era. The stupid era. It wasn't that good. Like no no people left other than like Eddie Murphy. It was, yeah, and Piscopo, if you like him. It was kind of, they were recovering from the Charles Rocket season and all that. The Charles Rocket season. We don't have time to get into it right now. But not only that, Dick Ebersole is also heavily involved with the Olympics. And he produced or helped produce a lot of great things for NBC. Do you remember Friday Night Videos, the music video show from the 80s and 90s? Uh, I didn't really watch it, but I've heard of it. Hi, I'm Mean Gene Okerlund, along with Jesse the Body Ventura, and welcome to Friday Night Videos. Obviously, we talked about SNL, but guess what? The biggie for us here, right, as wrestling fans, Saturday Night's main event. Yeah, he was involved in this. Heavily. Um... You know, before this, the WF, you know, they had their programming and stuff, and it was vastly improved, right? And that would be 
part of what Dick Ebersole did, but it was like prior to Saturday Night's Main Event, correct? Once Vincent McMahon Jr., I guess, Vincent K. took over, he did start changing things and the production got a little bit better here and there and they were yeah. improving. And then they Not got fast enough, as we've seen no. in, in the 1984 <laughs> canon. That's right. They obviously got into bed with MTV and they did the specials with MTV and those went over really well. But even those, right? Even those are still a little rinky-dink. I mean, to be fair, anybody who thinks MTV in the in the early 80s when they first started was a high-quality production, it, it wasn't. No, I mean, your cousin was on it. I'm Martha Quinn. Even MTV at the beginning, I've read the book on MTV quite literally, and like <laughs> it was pretty rinky-dink even over there because they were a cable channel, no one gave a shit. Now, Rod Stewart's in that book, isn't he? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so- it's like... <laughs> He was, like, involved with the producers a lot, and there, there there was a lot of drugs, let's put it that way. It's Rod Stewart. Yeah. Nevertheless, back to Dick Ebersole. Dick is impressed with what Vince has done with MTV, and they, I think Dick approaches Vince about working together, and they put together the first Saturday Night's main event. That was May of 85, so we're about two months after WrestleMania, and it's in the Saturday Night Live time slot. Hello, everyone. I'm Vince McMahon, and indeed you will see two world championship matches on hand right here tonight, along with two of the biggest names in the wrestling entertainment connection, Cindy Lauper and Mr. T. And speaking of big names, with me right now, Jesse, the body, Ventura. The first few Saturday Night's main events, they're kind of finding their footing, but immediately you can already tell, Quinn, the promo packages are a Mm -hmm. step up in quality. Oh, yeah. The theme music that they picked, I don't know whose pick it was, Animotion Obsession, right? Yeah, they get real music. Well, not that they didn't have no. real music, but they're using it differently, right? right. They're using it to, to back the promos and yeah. stuff, and it, it's very good. And as they go on in 86, and then especially by 87, they found the perfect recipe for televising golden era wrestling. And that's really what I wanted to focus right. on. It, I think a couple of things start to stand out to me, first of all. Gone are the dark, dingy, why does it look like this is shitty? Yeah, why why does it look like there's crackers on the floor (laughs) and dirt? (laughs) Why does it look like this is a farm style, (laughs) like, they got a bunch of people in an actual barn and, like, are meeting to wrestle? Like, it's not like that anymore. It's bright. Very bright. It's glossy, right? I, I Like, that, to me, it's like, it's very glossy. It's very, like, this looks like actually something that, you could take a picture of and right. it would look good. It grabs you know what I mean? your attention, it too. It grabs your attention. It looks professional. Yeah. It doesn't look like just a bunch of, <laughs> just a bunch of carnies. Right. You know, sold tickets and you know, like literally the, they opened a rope up and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. it, it looks like, oh, this is a real thing, like the NBA or something. Exactly. You know? And I mean, Dick Ebersole, obviously with the yeah. NBC sports background, he taught WWF a lot about production. He had his own directors and producers and writers and people that were involved with the production of the show, and especially by the time you hit Quinn, 87. The March of 87, Saturday Night's main event, right? Right. That's the one where Andre wins that battle royal and he busts open Lanny Poffo. <laughs> yep. It's yep. really awesome. What a headbutt! He held him there! Look at He's punishing Poffo! Poffo over the top rope and out! Andre looking down and just... Oh, no! He split him open with that headbutt and eliminated him! That's the highest rated show ever in that late night time slot on NBC. Oh, really? It got an 11-something rating. Crazy. And then by the time we hit the main event, right, February of 88, that to me is the epitome, like the definitive WWF in the 80s look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that main event. That main event that drew it was like 15 million people or something stupid. Uh, 33. 33 million people. Yeah. Which, okay, 
I want to say this. I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions because um, the WWF, the way they say it, they they say it's like the highest rated thing to ever happen it's or something. Not. There was stuff like before it. Like, yeah. I think I was looking recently and I'm not even kidding. Like Rhoda's wedding had like 52 oh, million yeah, people yeah. or something like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like there's been other instances. It wasn't the highest rated thing ever. The as, highest rated wrestling thing. It was though. the highest rated wrestling thing Correct. ever. And it'll probably never be topped because again, it's a different time. Oh yeah, it's 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 a time when fifty million people was actually a possible number. Right, correct. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. Because of the way TV was, there wasn't many channels, and that was even going away at that point. So getting thirty three was probably the most you were possibly going to get in that time period. That's a lot of people watching yeah. wrestling for, and then probably many of them for the first time. But I think that's a testament to the overall. Obviously, Vince knew what he was doing, and this is mm-hmm. the prime of his career, in, in my opinion, and probably around the prime of Ebersol's professional career. It was a good match, a good for lack of a better term, a good tag team, right? Right. And one of the hallmarks of Dick Ebersole's influence, I think, there's several, like you said, the brightly lit. It, brightly lit, yeah. WWF had never really looked like that until it they started look working. Dingy. Yeah. And and even their bright versions, because that, that did exist. It's always like... Um, it, like, Clinical? It's, it's brown. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, it doesn't... A lot of it's, brown. It doesn't... It's not backlit properly either like there's no shadows you know what i'm saying like right. it's just it's just we just turn the fucking lights on and, and now you can see everyone's horrible coats and right shit. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like wait what with that 83 msg yeah but dick ebersole knew how to light events for television he had right. done it with sports it gives off that same professional quality that the nba might have right and wrestling or at least wwf had never had that before but not only that the promo packages i mentioned them earlier Dick Ebersole and Vince would work together on producing and kind of directing these promo packages. Mm-hmm. You know, with the ding, 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 the yeah, music yeah, under that it. music that, I still don't know what that's from. I think you found it once. I, someone found the actual song that it's from, and I made a loop of it. Oh, really? And maybe we're talking over it right now if oh, I can find okay. it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it just added an intensity and a flair. It was a very concise package. Like, you take that main event, for example, or any of the 1987-88 Saturday Night's main events, you get introduced by these characters you're going to see, maybe for the first time, right? I'm Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. And this is the one and only true heavyweight champion of the world, Andre the Giant. Notice they all say who they are. I'm the Million Dollar Man. Right, all, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's like a trademark of the Saturday Night's main event, always. It's like, usually on wrestling, they don't do that. They don't say, <laughs> no, I'm not every week. But everybody introduces so I'm the Macho Man, and I like Miss Elizabeth, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to fuck that guy up, or whatever. I'm the like, Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I'm a guitar player, you know, and all that stuff. I'm Elvis. But that was a conscious decision on their part to really make this appeal to a huge audience, and it worked. But not only that, like the programming aspect of Saturday Night's Main Event, I mean, that was pretty much the only time you could see Hogan wrestle on TV. Yeah, the other thing that's interesting about those Saturday Night's Main Events, if you ever notice, is that these are matches that could be main events on pay-per-views. Literally. But... But the bit, and this is, I think this is key for these casual audience who really don't give a fuck about wrestling. <laughs> right. These matches are like at most eight minutes long tops. It's like they're never, they're, they're never, like that's the longest. Sometimes they're like three, three four minutes. Yeah. And they usually do the thing. What's interesting, I always thought about Saturday Night's Main Event too. They present it more in a um, house show style, meaning that the main event is usually at the beginning yes. or, in the, or in the middle or it, something. It's very much, uh, and again, that's got to be Ebersol because I don't right. know how Vince or anyone there would know to do that. Right. But it's very much the way Saturday Night Live was programmed. Right. Where you kind of front load it. Yeah, you front load it at the beginning and then you, like they, I always thought that SNL, this is another trademark though, why they put the thing in the middle 
is because SNL's middle is always a weekend update. Yes. That's their, that's their, they know people are going to shut it off right. after weekend update. You want right? to keep people up to the point where you want, yeah. Yeah. Weekend update's always like at the end of the first hour or whatever of SNL. And yep. it's like, then mo- then all you get the garbage time at the end. And that <laughs> yep. shit also exists in Saturday Night's Main Event. There's usually some match. <laughs> And this always fucking happens on Saturday Night's Main Event. We're like, oh no, we're running out of time. We'll tell you later or whatever. Yeah, that like, does they, happen. they always said, like, literal garbage time. And it's always like for the tag belts or something, like a title. Song. Like, have you ever noticed this on Saturday this Night's Main Event? Yeah. Something with Buddy Rose or yeah, something. Like, yeah. This is real. Shit yeah, like it, that happens. Yeah. Smile in the face of Playboy Buddy Rose. And I think that overall, though, I mean, Dick Ebersole's influence should get some sung here, should get some singing because. Well, definitely help them. It definitely helped WWF, and I think, again, and maybe this is just me, because I only caught, I mean, I only caught Saturday Night's main event in passing, probably when my dad was flipping through the channels, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I knew who Hulk Hogan was. Right. I knew who Andre the Giant was, you know, and I, maybe you guys out there that were um, maybe five, ten years younger than us that were able to grow up during this era more. Older. He meant older. Older than them. Not younger. Older. Send your cards and letters to Ogden, Utah. To me, when I think back to everything I love about the golden era, and by that I mean like 85 to 90 or whatever, I'm thinking the glitz and glamour of Saturday Night's main event in a lot of, you know, outside yeah. of the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Hulk Hogan. I'm thinking the Mountain Dew Slam of the Week. You know, right. seriously. Exactly. And the way they presented it was like a sport. It was like a boxing event. Yeah, or it, was, it just, was a big deal. I don't know what would have happened if they didn't do that, because if you look at their pay-per-views even in the early days, like, wrestling classic that's a perfect example of a piece of shit <laughs> right quality like the way it looks i mean even the presentation even down to like when the michael hamley thing happens and all like it's all poor don shigota associates the lady with the sign it's all bad <laughs> it, it's like really really bad but then you you compare that right to wrestlemania 4 the same format pay-per-view where it's a tournament yep it's completely different. Yep. It's like, it's totally professional and nice looking yep. and stuff. Yep. I also want to say this about their um, the presentation that Dick Ebersole kind of passed along to them. To me, this is one of the things that kept them afloat in the decline is that no matter how shitty it got, no matter how many crappy aircraft hangers they were in and all this, and you could see the ceiling and all this shit, yep. it was always like lit properly. All throughout Always. the decline. Like, yeah. it never, other than that one pay per view where the power went out or whatever, <laughs> right? It's like everything at least looked professional. Absolutely. And even at, like, even when they didn't have as much money, it was at least, I always thought they at least kept it to, I'm talking about diesel era and stuff. No, God. But it looked like at least a, like a live um, music event or something, yeah. which is like the lower tier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, we got the lights, but it's not as good. What is it, a Yanni event or something like yeah. that? But yeah, no, you're right though, Quinn. They did a good job, and Dick Ebersaw, I think, was very influential in this. He taught him how to do it. Yeah, and you can mask a dumpy arena. You can also have a really good arena and make it look dumpy, which WWF was doing before they got the hang of this. You know, right, yeah. Like there's probably Saturday Night's Main events or at least tapings that WWF did in '85, right? Before they really took a hold of the influence, and in '88, same building but right. looks completely different. It's true. And it's, that's it's very true. That's one of the things that Ebersole did. Again, the promos and the overall presentation. I just think he did a lot for the memorable presentation that we enjoyed. You know, right, what I mean? that, right. that's my main thing about him. I don't know. I don't think he had much to do creatively. No, other that than wasn't running his, SN, That wasn't his SNME. role. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. I think he he collaborated with Vince effectively. Yeah. And I think it was a really good pairing. And I don't 
hear much talk about it. I mean, I know that people... Didn't they, like, induct him in the Hall of Fame, though, or something? Or some shit? I remember some year they were talking about him. I don't think they did. I'm big friends with him, yada, yada, yada. You're probably thinking of the XFL documentary. Oh, God, yes. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Uh, We did a football league and it was stupid. (laughs) They're they're still proud of it, Jack. Yeah, I know. Which is upsetting. (laughs) So we're not talking about the XFL. We're talking about Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon working together to help us... uh, Really enjoy the golden era and right. give us a, a little that extra oomph that they didn't have before that. Right. That's why Dick Ebersol, yes, of all people here on a retro wrestling podcast, that's why Dick Ebersol is our unsung hero. Right. Let us know what you think of Dick. You can do that, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email or join the group. Quinn, though, when we come back, people are very upset with you. Uh, oh, we boy. have another week of the Royal War Rankings. It's week number three of the best celebrities in wrestling. And that'll be coming up right after this. You are It's a rock'em, sock'em weekend. Friday, Macho Man Randy Savage and the lovely Elizabeth bring the pile driver of Friday night videos, along with the latest from D2. And on Saturday, the battles rage. Honky Tonk Man defends against the Macho Man. And Sika, the wild Samoan, challenges champion Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event. Get a ringside seat this weekend. My name is Cindy Lauper, and your name is going to be Mud if you miss Saturday night's main event. Because if you don't wrestle, you don't rock. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 235. It is Monday, August 16th. And Quinn, we mentioned the other shows that we do. Yeah, the other. This isn't the only one. Right. This is every week, mm-hmm. every Monday, right? And it's always been. Yeah. It always will be. But we also have two other shows. If you like us and you want to support us, we have a Patreon for that. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We're not money grubbing here. We're not trying to rip you off or anything. The only thing we're doing is offering you more content if you want to support us. And there's two tiers. That's all they are. It's $2 and $5, Quinn. That's it. That's not much. If you can swing it, we will bring it. We do bring it every week. Every week. That's right. Every week on the $2 tier, the 1984 canon. We talked about it briefly. But Quinn, this is where we've been going through WWF Championship Wrestling, live watching it in video or audio form Mm -hmm. since January of 82. Right. We are now in February of 84. It's a lot better now. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> it was poor for a while, but that was kind of the fun of it. That was the me. charm of it. And this is a lot of this, folks, is stuff that we had never watched before. So what you're doing is you're experiencing it with us as we watch it for the first time. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Again, you can live watch it along with us, or you can just listen to the audio version. It's kind of like watching Wrestling Quinn with your two friends. Yeah, that's what I equate it to. Right? I mean, you guys like watching wrestling with your friends, right? Right. Well, right. then watch it with us every week. There you go. It's great. It's only two bucks a month. And we do some of the bigger MSG shows. Mm-hmm. There's two of those out. We do all the things. Yep, we do all the things. $2 tier. Then on the $5 tier, you're going to get the 1984 Canon, and you're going to get another monthly present. And that present is the pay-per-view reviews that we talked about. This is every WWF pay-per-view starting with the first WrestleMania once a month. 
like we said, out right now is SummerSlam 93 at the Palace. Luger didn't win, so you get to hear what we think about that if you want to. <laughs> and next month will be Survivor Series, Quinn's favorite. Oh, my favorite. And these are long, you know, and they're meant to be digested over the course of a month, but some people just kill them as soon as they come out. They're like three, three and a half hours, they're a long. lot of these. They're long, baby. You get your money's worth, and that's once a month. So again, if you want to support us, if you like what we do, we give you an avenue to support us, and in return, you get extra content once a week plus the monthly pay-per-view, and that's on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And if you never want to donate, that's fine, too. We're just happy that you're listening here. Mm-hmm. Just don't watch the raw dump on our uh, Patreon. It's no good. Don't watch it. Yeah. All right, Quinn. Speaking of no good, uh-huh. time for the Royal Rankings. Yeah, no. well, this is the best. <laughs> oh, this is the, the funnest segment we've done in a long time oh, in the rankings, yeah, definitely. right? Although it got a little controversial last week. People um, are mad at you. Why me, though? Because I listened back. Because <laughs> I'm blaming ju- you. You were, you were just as involved. I'm blaming you. You were just as involved I with ranking you for above Tyson. Absolutely not. Anyway, folks, what is the Royal Flush and Royal Rankings? Okay, we'll tell you in case you're new. Each season, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. We do that on our Facebook group, which you can join. And then our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, takes all of those votes. He compiles them into two separate tanks, one for all the best, one for the worst. We pull out two at a time, and we rank them. Until, by the end of the season, what you're going to have is the, the definitive baptized organ, non-GMO, USDA certified organic and healthy, best and worst celebrities in wrestling of all time. Quinn? Yes. There are four on the board there right are. now. There are four. Despite the protests, number one, the Uke, Bob Uker. Good. Good. Mr. Baseball. Mr. Number Baseball. One. Of course he's number one, right? Yep. Number two, Mr. Biteball, Mike Tyson. There no. you go. Very, um, this is a very fair ranking. I think it is. I think it's good. Now, if we were. Oh, see, now you agree with me. What are you talking about? I always did. Now, if we were ranking the most uh, popular globally. Tyson would be number one. Yeah, but we're not getting that. But we're not doing that. This is overall if everything. We, if we were ranking probably the one that boosted the ratings most, yes, Tyson would be number one. But this is not the royal rankings of measurable people that boosted ratings. Mm-hmm. You don't need a segment for that. No. Look up a list. There's numbers. <laughs> there, you, could, you could ask Dave Meltzer. Yeah, he'll just tell you, and then you don't have to listen to us. Yeah. We want you to listen to us, even if you disagree. Mm-hmm. So, Euchre number one. Sorry. Tyson number two. You know the other thing too, like they always say, like they always say, Quinn. What? Sometimes Bob Euchre, you just like him more. They say that. I like him more. And also science. This it's very scientific. We have goggles on yep. right now. Number three, Lawrence Taylor, mm-hmm. who did a good job despite it being 1995. And it's admirable, really. It, it's still I mean, admirable consider, considering everything. Pete Rose, number four, who's very funny. Yeah, but you can, more euchre like, if you more euchre like. But you can bet that he just wasn't as important, probably, no. as the other three. We're chicken soup. Yeah. <laughs> did wear a chicken suit. So there you go. Those are the four on the board right now. Quinn, we're not talking about only their popularity. We're not talking about one specific factor. That's the beauty of the Royal Rankings is there's various criteria that go into this. Mm-hmm. And as we go on, we file that down. We nail it down because it's very important. It's very scientific. With that said, why don't we get down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time I'm from Hollywood. I have the brains. WrestleMania book. You know, I left tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick them up. I'm here in this uh, appropriate acoustic environment. Hey, Goldstone is my man, he won. What? 
So when you go to a wrestling match, you go to cheer the good guy and boo the bad guy. I've had a Hulk. Hulkamania lives, you know, the Hulk himself. Now listen! Mongo's ready to wrestle! It is the Royal Rankings of Celebrities in Wrestling, week number three. Man, Mongo's ready to wrestle. <laughs> I, I, I hope Mongo gets called on for <laughs> so this. I. I really do. I, I get so happy every time that clip comes Mongo's on. Mongo's ready to wrestle. <laughs> I love him. Backyard barbecue, baby. <laughs> uh, guys, this is the Royal Rankings. This is the best celebrities in wrestling. Like we said, there's not one specific criteria, Quinn. There's a lot of science that goes into oh, this. the most science. A lo- yeah. A lot of experiments. Mm-hmm. Goggles, lab coats, petri dishes, all microscopes. Yeah, all the things. Macroscopes. Yep. Calipers, mm-hmm. caterpillars. That thing, too. Exactly. With that said, Quinn, we've got our four on the board. Now, it's quite possible that the next person could unseat Euchre. We don't know. It's possible. They might go right to the bottom below Pete Rose. We'll have to see, really. It's anyone's ball game here. Let's count us down. Let's all find out who drew. Number five. Regis. Yes, Gene. You're beautiful. Thank you. Regis, you're beautiful. Quinn, this is... Uh, I know you've been waiting. One of my favorites. One of my favorites ever. Regis, Regis Feldman. Regis at WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania but 7. But you know what? Here's the thing. is Regis is not just WrestleMania 7. Regis is years before, years after. I mean, Regis is heavily connected with the World Federation in, in the 90s. It's true. So, did, were there any 1989 appearances by wrestlers? Maybe Rick Rude or something I like that? I think they were on the show by them. Yeah, okay. He's quite a character, has his own TV show, and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, a big hand for Bobby the Brain. Now, Regis Francis Xavier Philbin, if you don't uh, (sighs) know who he is. He's he's beautiful. He's just great. Recently passed away about a year ago. Regis in the U.S. anyway. Again, we can't speak for our international friends over there in the U.K. Mm -hmm. or even Canada or anywhere else. We have fans in New Zealand, too, I guess. Oh, okay. Crikey. Under um, from down under. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, Regis Philbin here in the U.S., was a ubiquitous presence oh, on, on yes, television, right? Regis is like, okay, so the thing is, Regis is part of ABC canon generally. But, he is. But, th- that's a big but here, is that he was on television since like, what, the like 50s or something? Yeah, ridiculous. since like, the 50s. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was just, he was like known as just a host. He, he's yeah. a guy you bring in when you don't have anybody else, basically. The thing about, yeah, that's the one thing about Regis. I would call him, and I mean this in the most affectionate way, He's a jack of all trades, yes. master of none. Right. Meaning he was never the best host of anything or right. the best, you know, he's not regarded as like this ultra talented, you know, multifaceted, but he is and was a well-respected television host, talk show host, presenter for something. You need a game show host. He can do it. Yep. You need someone that's quick witted. He could do it. Right. Like he probably could have done radio. I don't know if he did, but he could have, you know, he had that personality. Now, did you ever work Boston before we <laughs> yes. just, or have you always worked West Coast? Always West Coast. That was when you was were a page at NBC in New York, 1955. My first show was Steve Allen's Tonight Show. He had a certain spark, mm-hmm. a certain charisma, a he certain, did. a certain genesis qua. He's just Regis. There's no other Regis. He's beautiful. <laughs> Now, as far as it comes to wrestling, we'll get to that in a second. But before we get to that, in case you're interested, we always do a little backstory for some of these people. Again, right. generally for the benefit of our, our UK fans, in all Mostly, seriousness. Yeah. yeah, that really is why. But Regis really got his show, uh, start on TV in the 60s. He was a 
the Joey Bishop, you know, Joey Bishop from the Rat Pack. Yeah, Joey what Bishop. What are like the, the minor ones of yeah, the Rat Pack? Nobody cares about him. <laughs> Sorry. If, if you're not Frank, Dean Martin, or Sammy, you're kind of minor. But Associate anyway, of the Rat Pack. Pretty much. What the hell's the matter with you? I meant no harm by it. I meant no harm. You only get a rap in the mouth. There was a Joey Bishop show in the late 60s, around 67 or so, and Regis was the sidekick. Okay. The Ed McMahon, if you will. Okay, I see you know? where you're going there. So he got some good TV exposure there to a national audience, and then he started hosting various talk shows. One of them was in Los Angeles for several years in the 70s into the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then over here on the New York side on WABC TV in 1983, he teamed up with Kathy Lee, uh, who at the time was known as Kathy Lee Johnson, now Kathy right. Lee Gifford, obviously. Right. So this this is a prime. This is where Regis really got known to most people. I feel like right. It's like absolutely because live with Regis and Kathy Lee got picked up like national level, not just like yes. local on the ABCs. So it was on just local for only five years, and then in '88, right. it went into national syndication. It's big, right? It means that every ABC station. When the time comes for, for Regis and Kathy Lee, they flip it on. It's yeah. not just the choice of the local people. It's part of the network. Yeah, it was it was a popular show that was kind of the post-breakfast time television. Here's Regis and Kathy Lee. Hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. It's Monday, September 5th, 1988. Hi, Kathy Lee. How are you? And the Good. beginning of a brand new uh, talk show across America. And I guess you're wondering why, why another talk we show, We need right? this like a hole in the head, right? <laughs> yeah, so what would happen is Good Morning America be over. On ABC, On yes. ABC. What that is is like the happy talk, like here's the news, and also it's like here's about, Here's some serious shit. Here's some serious shit. Also, like they, they made it, the, the bike <laughs> thing or whatever <laughs> that we is. We both remember that <laughs> because one. Because it's we're, just... We're dying, Sarah's like, oh, this sucks! Well, no, I remember that one simply because <laughs> the whole fucking show... Of Good Morning America from like up, right? 8.30 to like whenever it's over was like, we're going to fucking show it, right? And I I remember telling my mom, you have to tape it because I have to go to school. Because yeah. I was like, they were hyping it for like the whole week. And they said it. We're going to show it. Right. It. And, and I was like, what is it? What is it? And I was thinking, I could not get this thing every morning. I would turn on Good Morning America and they're like, don't forget it on Friday or whatever. We're going to tell you about it. I and I was like, too. what the fuck is this thing? And then they finally reveal it. And it's that it's like the segue. It's a segue. Yeah. When it first came out. And, and Diane Sawyer rides it stupidly. With a helmet on. Yeah. This is all real. Yeah. This is the world's first self-balancing human transporter. Self-balancing human transporting. Because I'm tempted to say that's it. <laughs> but... That can't be it. But anyway, anyway but after, after that, this show, yeah, after that shit's over, then, then like, oh, it's Regis and Kelly, and then they like, they're in like a living room set thing with like steps in the back, and then they're both on like kind of um kind of directors high stools or directors chairs. They're both drinking coffee, and hey, come on, Regis is here, like, oh, welcome everyone, Gelman, and and Gelman, which is their producer, he got involved, and Kathy Lee is Kathy Lee, and in her eighties outfits, and it's just ridiculous. It's a very fluffy show. Nothing serious. No, nothing happens on here. Think of it like the Tonight Show, where celebrities come to like PR up their bullshit. Yep, but it's in the morning. 
Like, that's yeah. all it is. There's no hard-hitting questions no. here. This isn't yeah. journalism. No. This is re- and Riddish and Kathy Lee had a very good chemistry. They did. Right. A lot of people hated this show, and a lot of people I loved, loved it. It was very polarizing. To me, when I was when I was sick from school or something, I'd always catch this shit. I, I, I needed, watch it often. I needed to know what Regis was up to, right. and, and Kathy Lee, and, and Gelman, and all them. Gelman! Yeah. Regis, then, stayed on the show, in case you're wondering, all the way until 2011, uh, the last 10 years of which Quinn was with Kelly Ripa. Oh, yeah. Also a good team. Yeah, so Kelly Ripa of um, All My, All My Children, Children fame, of course, because it's the ABC <laughs> yeah. canon. And as you, if you listen to the show, the ABC canon, all that is is basically like, for some reason, ABC, unlike all the rest of the other networks, like if you were on a show on ABC, they like interacted with each other on the other. Like, more than other networks. <laughs> way yeah. more, right? Definitely. So All My Children people were very closely tied in to, um, to Regis, Regis and, and all Kathy that. Lee and all that stuff. So once Kathy Lee left... They end up getting Kelly Ripa. Yep. Now, here's daytime's new dynamic duo, Regis Philbin and Kelly Ripa. Well, here it is, the beginning of a brand new era on our show. He can still barely believe it. He can't get the words out. He also hosted the American version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Which became a massive, 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 massive hit in the United States. Like, this shit, until one person won the million dollars. Do you remember, Joe? Like, yeah. prime time. Remember they moved it to prime time because it became such a big thing? A game show in prime time on network television yeah. hadn't happened in, I forget how long. It was like a slow build it, for, like, a couple of months yeah. until, like, the first million dollar winner. And everyone's like, who's going to win this fucking million dollars? Yeah. Like, Because they were like, no, it's real. Like, there's really a million dollars. And no other show had given this away before. Thank you very much, everybody, and welcome to the premiere of the biggest, most exciting, most dramatic television program that I or you or anyone else has ever seen. And Regis was the host for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it then became a, a regular daily game show with um, Meredith Meredith and Not as good. No. Yeah. But Regis... Who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Regis was a big part of the success, I think, because of his oh, yeah. hosting style. Oh, yeah. This was this is probably the thing... If I had to guess, that Regis is known for the most. Yep. Right? Like, is that it, your it, final answer? Yeah. You know? Like yeah. yeah, I would think so. And that was a catchphrase for how long? Right. Is that your final answer? Is that your final answer? Final answer? Final answer? Final answer? Final answer? He was also on talk shows a lot. He was on Letterman a real lot. He was mm-hmm. always like the, hey, our guest canceled. Let's get Letterman. I mean, let's get Regis. You yeah, know what he, I mean? He's very much a somebody got canceled. And Re- <laughs> yeah. Regis is just hanging out in the just studio nearby. or something. Yeah, it's just like get Regis. He filled in for Dick Clark on the New Year's Rockin' Eve that yeah. one year. You can tell he's the kind of guy that can ad lib really good. So it's kind of like if you really do need a fill, he's perfect because yeah. they don't have to tell him anything. It's like you're hosting this, okay, and yeah. then he just like does it. Just give him his bullet points and he's good to go. Yeah, exactly. And that's what he did with wrestling. He was great at it. So WrestleMania 7. Now, Regis had had a bunch of people on Regis and Kathy Lee. A bunch of wrestlers. He had all the guys, you know, yeah, as he, he said. said. And it, no, and that was a real thing. I he mean, wasn't like, joking. He had the Hulka, Hulkamania yeah, Hulk, lives. He, Hulk he, himself. he was on it. Yeah, he had the Mach King. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had a Hulka. Hulkamania lives, you know, the Hulk himself. I've had Macho King. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had them all on the show. And all these appearances are really funny, by the way, because. Like, usually Kathy Lee... She hates like, it. She's like, oh, these wrestlers, oh, yeah. oh don't get out of she here. She hates it. Oh, my it. God. And then, like... Like Helen Hart. Yeah, like, like she's like Helen Hart. Get him out of my living room. Kathy Lee, if you don't know who she is, she's very, like, suburban mom-ish. With like, a little bouge. Yeah. She's got a little bougie-ness. A little bougie. She's Carnival she would, Cruise Later on, she'd be with Hoda and all that with the wine. Don't bring up Hoda. But anyway, yeah, Kathy Lee would always be repulsed. Rick Rude really repulsed her. Well... 
but also like Shawn Michaels later on in he the was later on 90s. Uh, Yokozuna was on it. Yeah, all these people. Giant Gonzalez was on let's it. Not, let's not talk about that. Sorry. U.S. and peace on the take So we get to WrestleMania 7, and Regis is going to be the guest. Uh, he's two things, because he, again, multi-talented. He's the guest interviewer, right. very much like Euchre. Right. And he's a guest commentator, mm-hmm. very much like Euchre was. Mm-hmm. How's the Hulkster going to get out of this? And WrestleMania 7 is one of my favorites for a plethora, as Lex Luger would say, of mm-hmm. reasons, right? right? And a whole plethora. We both love 7. I love WrestleMania 7. And Regis, every single thing he does on that show is good. It's true. The initial interview with Gene mm-hmm. interviewing Regis and Alex Trebek and Marla Maples is, is we can quote everything Regis says, you know, yeah. you know who scares me, Gene? Earthquake. So big, you know, that whole I thing. A, I heard on Sunset Boulevard, he overturned a Pizza Hut delivery truck. Ate everything inside. Regis, you're beautiful. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> it's like, how iconic is that line for it, some it, reason? It, it's perfect. After Regis goes into this whole big earthquake thing, yeah. <laughs> Knocked over a Pizza Hut truck. Pizza Hut delivery <laughs> truck. Delivery truck. And then Regis does these great little backstage ones. He does one with The Undertaker. So The Undertaker <laughs> one is funny. Well, it's in a string, right? Because what happens is, is Bobby in kayfabe like fucks with the like who they're interviewing thing yeah. just to like like screw them over in or kayfabe, whatever yes and so then regis gets undertake undertaker i get the undertaker he gets the undertaker this guy must be big i'm six three who else does he get tenaru and katow tenaru katow with with toyota mitsubishi yeah, and all that kathy lee kathy lee <laughs> uh, columbia pictures all that shit columbia like pictures it's amazing it is real columbia pictures and then he does in my mind a fine job sitting in with gorilla and bobby in the main event. He does the main event. Slaughter Hogan. Yeah. I think he does a fine job, too. I, yeah. I really don't think he's bad. I mean, yeah. he's... He, he hypes everything. Yeah. Oh, he's bleeding. Like, yeah. He, you know. What a comeback and yeah. all that. And yeah. mm-hmm. he clearly has no problem with wrestling. No. Unlike his co-host over there I mean, on, on yeah. live, you know. Kathy Lee. Uh, it's so upsetting. I, sorry. It's just like Regis is so down to earth. He and, is, honestly. And Kathy Lee and her blouses and all this fancy pants stuff on the side. And it's just very different. It also really did work, which yeah. is so weird, right? Yeah. But I think Regis Quinn at WrestleMania 7 did a fantastic job. I really do. I think that he was in the vein and the mold of a euchre. This guy that just fit right in. He didn't in any way, to me, disrespect yeah. what they were doing. He didn't, again... Or at least you ever think the side eye to the camera like Bob Costas, you know? <laughs> like he wasn't smirking no. his way through it. I mean, that wouldn't be something Regis would no. do, though. I mean, exactly. That, the, that's the thing. You would be surprised if Regis poo pooed wrestling because look at what Regis does. Yeah. Like, I mean, he'll do, he'll do anything. He doesn't he give was, a shit. He does Regis and Kathy Lee. He's one of the, you know, some of the people, a lot of people will say like so and so is the hardest working man in showbiz, but like Regis is like definitely one of those people. Oh my God. Without question to me. He did. Anything pretty much that he was asked to do. Yeah. He could guest host for practically anything. Did New Year's. I mean, come on. That's like a huge thing. Did Clark's shoes were not easy to fill. But in all do, seriousness. He'll do the shittiest shit, too. Like, interview, like, nobodies on Regis and Kathy Lee. Or, yep. like, host weird shows in the 70s and yep. stuff, like, that never made it. And he would do um, cameo appearances in movies. He would poke fun of himself. You yeah. know, he wasn't above that or anything. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, one of the most loved figures in show business. It's true. He is. Yeah. And I think that he did a great job fitting into WrestleMania 7. Mm-hmm. Like we said, I mean, he had some interview segments, and he commentated the main event, and he did a great job. I mean, a lot of his stuff is quotable, especially that first segment with Gene. It's true. It was a really good blend. He was not out of place at all. We'll talk more in ranking time, mm-hmm. but I think we can safely say, Quinn, that Regis is beautiful. He was 100% beautiful. All righty. 
Want to find out who drew number six? I'm sure our fans sure. do. Let's find out, fans. Hey, Dennis Rodman just stopped by. He hooked up with Hulk Hogan somehow, and the two of them are running around together. Ah, yes, the worm, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, the worm. The worm. This, Dennis Rodman. This, this was always a weird one to me, because of all the WCW appearances, Dennis Rodman, he felt very um, in the times, right? In the times. Like, very of the times in a good way, though. Yeah, yeah. In my in a, opinion. In a good way. He was controversial in his day. Um, nowadays, nobody would bat an eye to any of the stuff he did. But he goes to North Korea. Yeah, that's still weird. But anyway, <laughs> he still he still you know he still does, tries to do his shock. He's stuff, Dennis but, Rodman, man. But he, he's an athlete that had the Howard Stern mentality to him, right? Yeah, you know, and in a lot of ways, he had this counterculture bit to him. He was kind of like a punk rock basketball player, and he I felt fit. some of it was a gimmick. I think some of it was, but it was noticed. It was meant to um, you know to stir people up and to get right. attention. And what a better fit than the NWO for Dennis Rodman. Right. So Right there, the worm, Dennis Rodman. But who the hell is Dennis Rodman for, for our UK folks? That's and right. Anybody else maybe who's younger? Well, over there, they play the sport called basketball. Right. Where you actually throw the ball with your hands into a net. You have to dribble it. Into a net. You, you have to dribble you it. Can't, yeah, yeah, you pass it, but you can't run with it. Right. That's ba- a different basketball. thing. Basketball. You throw it into a basket. Right. And you use a ball to do Score it. Score two points if you if you hit it far enough, three points. That's anyway. Right. And if you're on the foul line, one point. Yeah. Dennis Rodman was a forward, usually a power forward, sometimes a small forward for uh, several teams, a lot of teams. Most notably the Chicago Bulls, though, right? Uh, and the Spurs, yeah. Right, yeah, those Spurs. are his two probably most notable teams. He started on the Pistons. He was on the Pistons for a long time in the 80s into 93. The Pistons were very good in the late they 80s. Were. Yes, they were. And then he moved over to the Spurs, and probably either the tail end of his Pistons run or the you know his Spurs one is probably when he was... At noticed the, at the best playing wise you know right by the way he was mainly known as a better defensive player than offensive but anyway he just, had like the most rebounds all the time yeah like that was his big thing he would get the ball rebound means like after they shoot it he could get it for his team yeah he wasn't an offensive juggernaut or anything right. he scored like 11 points per but game that's like average. important in a game because a lot, a lot of times he'd kind of fight for it because you know you don't want the team getting a second opportunity right. so this guy was known to like oh if you shoot it he's just like He's like a vacuum. He'll just yeah. like get it back and, and, you know, then it's back to your team. Exactly. He was a good rebounder. Yeah. Yeah. So when he was on the Spurs, he started, I think it was when he was on the Spurs, maybe still the Pistons. He started dyeing his hair all these different colors. Right. And became almost a, a whole thing. Every game he had different colors. Pink or, or yeah, yellow. It didn't matter anything. Dennis Rodman with the uh, blonde hairdo. But think about it. If you're just Joe Blow, like I was, little Joe Blow, you know, like mm-hmm. a kid, and you're watching basketball casually, and you see some guy with pink hair. You know who that running is. Running across the screen, you're like, what the hell is that? And then you see it again another time. Yeah, That's pretty and then you learn brilliant. the name, and Rodman, yep. he's the spray paint guy. Yep. Spray paint in his hair. It's pretty brilliant, honestly, yeah. to stand out, right? Right. It's not against the rules or anything. So but anyway, in the 90s, though, that was like, oh, so much disrespect for the game. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what, what a I mean? jerk. What a controversy, right? Now he How could dare al- he color his hair? <laughs> now, he could also be very surly, yeah. and he had some confrontations with players. Yeah, and, that wasn't all that it yeah, was. No, no. Yeah. He, he had some other things. He most notably, even before this, there was something where he dressed up like a woman or something. There was a drag or a incident. wedding dress. I just don't remember all and the details. And he was dating some other controversial It wasn't uh, Carmen Electra, though? It might have been Carmen Electra, yeah. I think he was, I think they were married, actually. Yeah, and they both were dressed all crazy, at least for the conservative, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> these award shows, all fancy <laughs> right. pants. Dennis Rodman's manager released a statement stating that Carmen had gotten Dennis drunk to marry her. 
which of course was false. I'm like, oh God, I'm shocked. I didn't do anything like that. Dennis Rodman was then traded to the Bulls, which is probably maybe his height in popularity was this when he was on the Bulls. was massive. So yeah. he was on the Spurs, 95. and I remember having his trading card on the Spurs yeah. and everything. And then he joins the Bulls with Michael Jordan. Yeah, who had returned. And, and Pippen was still Pippen. there. And this was the Bulls of the, the second run, the second three titles. And this was just, he was like one of the main guys. You know, yeah, like he, he was. It was like actually this was a contributed. big fucking deal. Yes, and Dennis Rodman was in this, and they won NBA championships, and they were yeah. just like the biggest shit ever. Like you have to understand, like Michael Jordan's like final years in basketball, it was like the height of basketball, especially with it the never, Bulls. Yes, it never got any bigger than this. It was like everyone was like, "Is he gonna do it? Right. Is he gonna like go out winning titles like every single year?" Right. And he did. <laughs> he was like ridiculous. He's like literally the Babe Ruth of basketball. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. The Wayne yeah. Gretzky, if you yeah, will. Wayne Gretzky, For Babe Ruth, whatever. Yeah. Kelly Smallwood and all that. He's them. just the best of all time. Or the, um, who's the one soccer player I know from England? The David Beckham. <laughs> yeah. No, but he, Michael Jordan's <laughs> like, Pele. yeah, Michael Jordan's considered like next level. And I know some people argue to, the, to this day, uh, LeBron or yeah. Michael Jordan, but well, I, I still, I grew up with Michael Jordan. I was like, I've seen LeBron play too, but I grew up with LeBron also. He's been yeah. playing so damn long. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but Michael Jordan was like, he was the fucking man. Well, that'll be coming out next week in our Vantage Point Retro Basketball podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Larry Bird will be uh, interviewed. NBA Jam background music the whole time we're talking about it. <laughs> but anyway, the point is here is Rodman was notorious, if not famous, right by the mid nineties. You mm-hmm. know. For for being a basketball player, and especially once he joined the Bulls, because again, Jordan's team, you're going to get known if you're a contributor. Especially when your hair is all yeah. crazy. Like right? pe- people know fucking Tony Kukoc, and he yeah. wasn't like a main celebrity, <laughs> but like most people know who that is. I know Jeff Van Gundy he, because <laughs> he was not the coach of the Knicks, and he was yeah, coaching, right. and he looked weird. <laughs> he looked weird. <laughs> he did. He looked like a weird probably Jeff Van Dunkin' Gundy. Donuts guy or something. I don't know. He looks strange. Sorry. So Rodman... In 1997, at the height of probably his fame, give or take, uh, before he became ambassador to North Korea, obviously. Yeah, self-proclaimed. <laughs> yeah, unofficial, like yeah. Mr. Wendy. Fuck Mr. Wendy, by the way. Well, yeah. And that whole ad campaign. Uh-huh. That looks good. It sure is. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't get to choose what came in my kid's meal. Get the hell out of here! I hate it. I know you don't. Quinn wants the animated Wendy. I want Wendy back. <laughs> anyway, Dennis Rodman... Shows up in WCW, joins the NWO. And Perfect fit. Like, it and now, is! Now that we've described all this, the bad boy of basketball, the spray yeah. paint head, the, yep. the, the like wearing the dress and they, you know, uh, taking on all these uh, these norms, right? You know, breaking right. them. Breaking them. Yeah. Joins the NWO. And this is like March of 1997, by the way. So mm-hmm. we're not even a stale yet. We're not even a year into this yet. Mm-hmm. It actually is still kind of good yep. in 97. And he, joined, he joined the celebrity ranks of Kyle Petty, NWL <laughs> member, and some of these people, right? It'd be funnier if Tom Petty was in the NWO. Yeah. It, I, the celebrity wing of the NWO makes me laugh anytime I hear about it. Well, it's, I'm also they, like NWO Japan and all these like affiliates. Like That, that affiliate is amazing, by yeah. the way, NWO Japan. Yeah. Sweet! Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Dennis Rodman, as bad as we want to be on Nitro. Later. <laughs> Rodman's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm Hulk Hogan's friend. Right. 
I'm also going to wrestle. Fuck it. I'm going to wrestle. It. Well, I mean, he's always breaking these norms, right? He's yeah. got a basketball game next Sunday, but you know what? Fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to beat up anybody. I'm going to beat up Diamond Dallas Page or whatever. Yeah, and he's not, he's, you know, 35, 36 years old, so he's yeah. not, he's in, he's still a prime, prime, you yeah. know, prime. Definitely and prime. Very prime. And he's a big guy, six, seven. He's a basketball player. He better be. <laughs> he better be. So we have his first match at Bash at the Beach 97. This is an actual match that WCW ran. And I'm not saying this was a good wrestling match. I'm saying Dennis Rodman teamed with Hulk Hogan. Right. At a wrestling match to take on. It was Luger and the Giant at uh, Bash at the Beach 97, right? That's when Hogan started wearing like a sock on his head and like was. It might be around that time. Weird looking. Possible. Hogan was always weird looking. I know, but he was like, I was like, I'm so cool. I'm with Dennis Rodman. (laughs) Like, I remember this. He started acting different. It's real. Not only for Rodman to knock them down, for Rodman to cause a huge distraction so Hogan can get a cheap shot in. Right. Bash at the Beach was one of WCW's big pay-per-views. It was uh-huh. kind of their SummerSlam. Right. In a lot of ways where they'd have some big marquee attraction. Yeah. You know, some kind of attraction match mm-hmm. where something important would happen, obviously, like right, it did right. the year before. And in this one, they had Rodman team with Hogan. And I just find that to be really, really interesting because Hulk Hogan is obviously no stranger to attraction matches. But I can't recall him, correct me if I'm wrong, teaming with a celebrity since Mr. T. Mm. Like wrestle, you know what I mean? Teaming with a celebrity. I don't think uh, any football men or anything like that. No, I can't think of any. Well, they, you this know, times change, right? Times change. Yeah. So to me, it's almost like the modern equivalent of like Hogan doing like a a celebrity tag team match. Another athlete too. Mister T was an athlete. Dennis Rodman's an athlete. So it kind yep. of makes sense, right? And they're taking on Luger, who's almost an athlete, and the yeah. Giant. Rodman is like always mentioned as a member of the NWO, but obviously he's a basketball player. He's got to play basketball, and he's got to do other things, right? What I love is that he comes back in 98. It's great. This I is didn't really expect funny. this as a kid. I was like, oh, it's going to be, he'll, he'll never be back. Right. Who gives a shit? But just like Mr. T comes back. <laughs> he came back the yeah. next year. Very successfully, very methodically, obviously very slowly. Dennis Rodman has turned the complexion of this match. Rodman, by this point, like we mentioned, was on the Bulls. And guess what? The Bulls defeated the Utah Jazz Mm. in the 98 NBA Finals. Right. And on the Utah Jazz was a fellow by the name of Carl Malone. Yep. So now WCW, I got to give them credit here. Mm -hmm. They bring a natural basketball rivalry or whatever into wrestling. Now, now I want to say this. People might not know today who Carl Malone is because, you know, he wasn't Fair. on the Bulls and Michael Jordan He's and all this. one of the but most famous when we players. Were, when we were kids, Carl Malone was like, every team in the NBA, I always like, I always <laughs> equate it to wrestling. I feel in the 90s, ev- first of all, everybody was over in the NBA. No joke. In the 90s? Like, yeah. yeah. It was like ridiculous. Late like, 80s into the 90s. And especially due to the video game NBA Jam. It helped. Everyone knew who the like main one or two people were on every yes. team. And Carl Malone, I definitely knew who he was. I knew what team he was associated yep. with. Not even just because of NBA Jam, because, you know, blah, 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 basketball. Basketball. Gimme, you know, gimme. Like, yes. Yeah. I, you know, I would watch that every weekend. And, you know, I, I saw definitely a lot of games. And I'm like, Carl Malone, he's like the leader of the jazz. The you mailman. Know? The mailman, right? <laughs> it's like he he's a top tier guy. So this wasn't just like nobody knew who Carl Malone was. Right. No, you know? he was known. If, if you're looking back to it, you're like, who the hell's Carl Malone? Right. You might still know who Dennis Rodman is, but you might not know who Carl Malone is. And he played the same position as Rodman, power forward. There you which go. Which is very fun. But which you know? is funny is that he was considered like the best person on his team and he's like power forward. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So th- we're going to get them into a fucking match. Mm-hmm. That's, listen, 
I know that wrestling is obviously supposed to be very serious and only about serious competition and it's supposed to only be real and holds and things like that. Right. And I know that that's totally true. Exactly. And it's not at all subjective. But it is, And Joe. the only thing you can like is when wrestling is serious. But this is fucking awesome. It is fucking awesome. The match is stupid. It's a bad wrestling match. No, uh, duh. It never was going to be a good <laughs> wrestling match. Sorry, everyone. But the fact that they... <laughs> brought in Carl Malone to square off against Dennis Rodman with partners, obviously, and those partners being Hulk Hogan again, teaming with Rodman, mm-hmm. taking on Carl Malone and DDP, who's Good. a hot face in 98. Right. Everything about this is well done. It is well done. Put, uh, the the branding, the the people they picked. The idea. Yeah, the idea. Just the idea is the a good one. The match stinks, but That's I mean... horrible. What do you expect? It's two basketball players, they never wrestled before. I know. Other than Dennis Rodman, he did, but I mean... <laughs> He's a veteran. Yeah, a veteran, veteran basketball player wrestler. <laughs> and no, listen, I'm not saying the match is good. It's bad. Unless you like it, I don't even like it. I think it's no. really poor and it's boring. not really the point. I'm saying the idea, the spectacle of it is brilliant in my mind, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong. That's fine. Match. Match. Okay. Match. 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 It's a bad match. Match. Anyway, Rodman's not done. In something very forgettable, because 1999 WCW, he comes back a third year. I don't even remember this. Because 1999 WCW. He uh, feuds with Randy (laughs) Savage. What? This is a road wild. Is this the, like, what up, Mach? Like, that's version. I have a a tight shirt and a ponytail. You You know, know, that era. I got Mona with me. uh, I have gorgeous George. She's, She's 19. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> why is her name George? Anyway, <laughs> George Magazine. With George the la- Magazine. With the lady dressed like George Washington. That, there you go. That, stop. That's literally why that made sense in my head because of that thing. It, I'm, it, not, I'm not kidding. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. George Mag. Don't bring that up. They made a big deal on Good Morning America about it. JFK Jr. or something, yeah. right? Isn't yeah, that real? It was his magazine. Yeah. Anyway, he fights Randy Savage. Dennis Rodman fought Randy Savage at Road Wild '99 because everyone watched that pay per view. And uh, Rodman lost. And- oh, well. My goodness. Dennis Rodman just don't care. Has made quite a statement. And then he was also... You remember the fucking weird eye generation? It doesn't matter. I want to talk about it. But the eye generation? Eye generation superstars of wrestling in Australia or something. <laughs> Excuse like 2000 me? or whatever. I don't remember. I, don't, I didn't live in Australia, so I don't know about that. Well, Mark Rourke does. And Mark Rourke can remind us of how great it was. <laughs> yeah. um, he fought Kurt Hennig. I'm sure that was bad. I'm sure it was perfect. Kurt Hennig on pay-per-view. <laughs> Woo. Unless he's fighting Bret Hart, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's all. Anyway, Kurt won by DQ. I hope he did. <laughs> it's Dennis Rodman. Anyway, that's uh, that's Dennis Rodman's wrestling career and a little bit of his basketball career. Not a bad pick. It was a big deal at the time. It though. was. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was a, it was a coup, if yeah. you will. But Quinn, we've, uh, we've talked about the two. I believe it's ranking time. It is. Let me run them down real okay. quick for everyone again. Bob Uecker, number one. Okay. Mike Tyson, number two. Lawrence Taylor, number three. And that's Pete Rose, number four. Okay. Regis. What are you thinking? I think Regis is better than Pete Rose, obviously. Based on what? Because he's fucking beautiful and he's the best. No, but for real, I mean, he, it's not just, I know Pete Rose made multiple appearances. Did he really contribute much more than Pete Rose did though? Yes. And I'll tell you why. I don't know if he did. Because Regis, for years, when, you know, WWF can't get on absolutely everything even even in the like late 90s regis was contributing like allowing them to 
bring their bullshit to Regis and Kathy Lee. Like, like I said, Diesel was on it. Like in the night, like I feel like Regis gave a lot back. He appeared on the show, and he and he brought the stars to his show. But that's not celebrities in wrestling. That's wrestlers appearing on a show. You can't count that. I thought we're talking. We're not just talking about WrestleMania, though, right? No, we're not. I I, guess. I'm just saying is like Regis overall gave back to the wrestling. He did, but. Celebrities and wrestling? That's not the name of the segment. What? Celebrities and wrestling? In wrestling, not and wrestling, not wrestlers going on talk well, shows. Okay. So wait, before we go any further, is it part of the canon if like Shawn Michaels is on Regis and... I mean, it's mentioned. It's mentioned. Just, it is promoted I, by WWF, so, so does we it, can give some consideration, I guess, Quinn. I but, just think it, it edges him above Pete Rose. Let's put it that way. Definitely. I mean, might come stop on. there. Oh, don't do this to him. No, I'm not he, trying to. I thought he'd I, be above to Lawrence Taylor at the very least. Well, make it, make yeah. a case, but he ain't going above Tyson. He no, can't. he's not going above he Tyson. Can't. He definitely doesn't go above Tyson. He can't. But I mean, okay. Let's, com- let's compare the WrestleMania appearances, right? Which one's more memorable to you? To me? Yeah. In all seriousness? <laughs> yeah. Regis. Definitely, right? Now, I know that I respect what LT did a lot more. Right. But Regis is all over the show. It's kind of like a Euchre situation, right? It's Euchre light, if you will. Yeah, it, he is Euchre Light. Yeah. But here's the thing, Quinn. We have to make sure we mention this so people don't accuse us of wrongdoing. We are not just talking about who brought more attention to the product. Yeah. That's it's not all, the it's only like, factor. The, the appearance does matter. Like, what they can, do matters, no matter, too. Even if one person watched it. I mean, it's, it's still, it's, we still got to talk about the appearance. Right. But uh, to be fair to LT, I mean, he did a good job. I want to say this, though. Go ahead. LT, very memorable, well, but one moment, right? And Regis gave us hand towel and all that stuff. He didn't say hand I know, towel. but he gave us the, the um, Columbia, Columbia pictures. pictures. I know, you love that. Regis, you're beautiful. Yes, he gave Gene us, said that. He, he gave us the Undertaker and, and measuring him the and Undertaker. everything. <laughs> the Undertaker. <laughs> you know, like he gave us, he, he, he commentated the main event with Hulk Hogan. He did, he um, did. I, it, it was good with Bobby, too. Yeah. They were I, funny together. He had all these different little segments and contributed and stuff. He was a natural fit, again, because yeah. he's Regis. He would right. be a natural fit anywhere. And here's the thing, is he was technically competing with Marla Maples and Alex Trebek, remember, also from ABC Canon fame. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Jeopardy syndicated. It's not- It's on ABC! Here. Uh, it might be on other channels I elsewhere. don't care what other channels. <laughs> don't give a shit. It's ABC Canon to me, damn it. So he had a, his fellow stable mate was on the show and he had to compete with him. But Regis was the standout. Quinn. I, what? First of all, I guess the fact that Bob Euchre is number one and did similar things, you know, yeah. I guess. I mean, come on. It's because Bob Euchre is so fucking memorable and likable and great at what he did. It is the same with Regis, yeah. though. All those, yeah. all those, every word you just said there applies to Regis. Yeah, but Bob Euchre... I'm not going to say it's better than Euchre or better than Tyson. It's I not. Think it's, I think it's it edges Lawrence Taylor. Because Lawrence Taylor, did he even interview him on the show? I don't remember them even talking to him. He just they came didn't. out, what a man, what a man, and then he just clotheslined him or whatever. Like, that That was it. Like, he didn't do it, and the kissy kiss or whatever. The kissy head. The kissy head. He did the the press conference afterwards, and he did a couple of brief things. He had his earring on. It was neat. But, I mean, like, what else was there? But how much weight can we at least give to the fact that LT was a well-known football player mm-hmm. in the U.S., obviously, and was the only wrestler we've had on this whole list? I mean... He gets points for those two things. He does. But he he was Tyson in terms of. Can I ask you this? Go ahead. If they if they asked Regis to wrestle, 
He would have done it. He would have done it. Yeah. He would have fucking done it. What do you need me to wrestle? I don't care. <laughs> mean Gene, Gene, Gene's Greg, in a team with me. Greg Valentine, I'll fight him. <laughs> it's something like that. The Hammer. I've heard of him. The Hammer. Has anyone in the history of the world ever done a good Regis impression? I don't know if it's I think, possible. I think we do a good one. <laughs> I think it's okay. Okay, then. No, listen, I know Regis would have wrestled. That's not. Uh, Come on, he's better. Than LT? Yeah, yeah. He's more memorable. Everything about him. And I, I got to give him the extra points for like having wrestlers on like constantly. I really think that's a big, that's major to the World Federation, especially in the shit days. I'm still a little dubious about counting Regis and Kathy Lee as part of what? this. It doesn't count. Why does it not count? they're on his show. This is supposed to be when the, when the celebrities be, come to are, their are, show. Is it Michael Hickenbaum or Shawn Michaels on the show? Is it, you know what I'm saying? Is it Terry Bollea or is it Hulk Hogan? I'm just I'm okay. I, I mean, he, once again, this will be a case of people, you know, I'm getting mad, and I'm going to blame. Why you. are they mad? What <laughs> Regis above Lawrence Taylor? That's fucking great. Why? It's just one position. Lawrence Taylor main event of the WrestleMania. Well, Regis was practically the main event in my eyes. He's great. <laughs> just he is not going higher than Mike Tyson. No, he's not. He's, I didn't say that. I, I don't even know that. why I put Euchre above Tyson, but. What? I know. I like Euchre the most. I think that's very fair what we got going on here. Bob Euchre, Mike Tyson, Regis. And then LT? LT. Because it's 95 when LT runs. That's ultimately the problem. (laughs) Bam Bam Bigelow. It's not like Diesel or anything. Like, come on. (laughs) Nothing against Bam Bam, but I mean, like, it's not even like a main eventer. Okay. okay. It's only the main event because LT is there and they don't want to, like, disrespect or whatever. It's like, thank God he even came, right? Like, you know what I mean? We at least put him in the main event. <laughs> That's That sums it up. Thank God they, they, they he came. Thank God he came. I mean, if he didn't, I mean, Nicholas Totoro would have been wrestling or something. Oh, you believe this? Uh, yeah. Bob Beckett's playing chess with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Who, who I mean, are you? look at what's going on at this show. Yeah, it's such a bad show. Yeah. And LT's the main event of that shit fest. So, <laughs> yeah. okay, Regis is beautiful at number three. No sure. higher. Yeah, no higher. No higher. Rodman. Mm. Okay. Rodman was more culturally relevant in terms of pop culture mm-hmm. than Pete Rose, for sure. Definitely. In their respective periods, 100%, right? 100%. Yeah. Rodman was also... Well, in Pete Rose's time, if he had appeared in the 70s, yeah. he would have been a big deal. <laughs> yeah, but like, absolutely. But it was the 90s. Right. Charlie Hustle, if yeah. you will. Charlie Hustle, maybe. Yeah. When Pete Rose appeared, he was, like we said be on another episode, he was a punchline at that point. Yeah, it 98. Was, yeah, he was nothing. He'd been banned for like almost 10 years. Yeah, it nobody w- even... So I didn't even like, as a kid, honestly, I'd watch the Yankees games and stuff, but because they wouldn't talk they about him talk on there. About Rose. Like kids actually were probably confused who he was because the MLB went out of their way to like never mention <laughs> yeah. him again. Like, like fuck this guy, don't talk about him. You can't even him. talk about him on the broadcast. <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? Like when you were a kid, do you remember them ever talking about Pete Rose? And no. then, like when he appeared in WWF where you were like, I might have heard of him something. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, yeah. like, cause it's like, he, he was like a very taboo subject. Absolutely, Quinn. Yeah. With that said, though, as far as what they contributed, I mean, Pete Rose, look, <laughs> okay, he had three years in a row, and they were all funny, mm-hmm. but that's really it. Dennis Rodman had three appearances, and he did, like, memorable shit in all of them. And he wrestled in all of them. They were all bad matches, but, again, not always the point. Right. See, I'd rather watch the Dennis Rodman match than LT Bam Bam. You know, me too, actually. Any of the Rodman matches. It's weird, it's weird you said that, because I actually kind of like him better than LT. I do too. Like I said, LT's appearance is good. Honestly, the best thing that ever came out of LT's appearance was um, getting Mongo, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. Yeah, um, maybe. But other than that, it was just kind of like, 
I'll say this, and I, again, I, I feel like we're disparaging the LT appearance today, but it's ninety-five. But it's ninety-five, right? And this felt a little desperate. Let's be honest with you. In any other WrestleMania, would this have been the main event? No. Like, they would have just put this, like, in the middle or something. In any other WrestleMania from, like, the Golden Era, this would have been a tag attraction. Yeah. At SummerSlam. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean, though, right? Yeah. Not the main event of the the whole WrestleMania show over the WF belt. That is a little weird, right? Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, again, I respect what LT, performance-wise, what he did in the ring. Yeah. But that's really... I do, because he was good. That's all he's got going for him. That the thing the is, he was that better he was, than Rodman, but it's like you said, Rodman's a little bit more of a spectacle. Rodman's kind of cooler. Plus you I got hate Hulk Hogan. It. You don't have Bam Bam Bigelow or <laughs> nothing against Bam Bam. You like Bam Bam. I know I you like do. Him, but he's I not, know you do. He's not Hulk Hogan. He's not DDP. Like, come on. <laughs> let, let's be real here. Especially when like when IRS is at ringside for the main I, uh, event and like yeah. trauma and shit. I forgot about all that. Yeah, all those Fat losers. Tatanka. Bundy. Yeah. All those fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> like LT's team is infinitely cooler than... They than- got Mongo! They got sweatsuits that match! They're plus, much better. Plus Ted DiBiase Windbreaker Edition. It's all poor. I can't <laughs> wait till we get to review that pay-per-view. <laughs> I hate that show. I know, me too. It actually is bad. I hate it with a passion. This isn't a show that's going to be better upon another viewing. No. It sucks ass. From the beginning to the end, (laughs) it's poor. And LT main events it. Yep. And Mm. I think Rodman, I don't know what it did ratings-wise or buy rate-wise, but again, Lawrence Taylor was WrestleMania 11. Yeah. So so Rodman, Rodman, and then he'll obviously stay but below he stops Regis. There. Yeah, he stops below Regis. Wait, 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 hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Don't try to fast talk me <laughs> into you, that. Were you, were you agreed, right? Instinctively, I think I did, but... Regis no, is... No, but why is Regis so high on this He's list? He's good! He's not that good. What do you mean? You're overinflating the Rege a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, Dennis Rodman, I, I feel like somebody else would, would beat Regis. I mean, come on. Like, not Dennis Rodman. I don't think he's the one. I mean, ultimately, his matches did stink. They were bad, but yeah. again, it's not match. Yeah. Like, the LT's match with Bam Bam is better, but who gives a flying rat's I, I ass? This is one of those situations, once again, in my opinion, where it's like, you're either a person who likes wrestler celebrities, or you're one that, like, I don't want them to wrestle. I want them to yeah. make jokes and be funny. And right? be memorable. Yeah, memorable. exactly. You know me. I'm I'm the Regis Bob Uecker kind of guy. I don't, me, I don't me too. really want them in the ring, to be quite honest with you. You know what, though? The thing about Rodman is he fit. He fit the NWO. He fit the aesthetic. He fit the culture. He fit the time. Yeah. I got to put him a... Oh! I can't. I, I can. I don't think of him I that can. way, personally. I mean, again, I don't like WCW as much anyway, so... No, that's what I mean. It's like, did this... <laughs> I like, hate to say it. WCW's history with celebrities isn't very good. Let's put it that way. But this is um, one of their better ones, right? It's a good name. Right. The matches suck ass. If we have to talk about that, they, mm-hmm. they're bad. I don't know what it did for ratings. <laughs> you really like Regis, don't you? He's one of the all-timers. Does he just give me. you that heartwarming feeling? Every. Let me put it to you this way. I go back and I watch the Regis. Sometimes I'll just watch the segments, Joe, because they're really funny. Just something for fun on the YouTube. Hulk or so. The Hulk yeah, yeah, he's, the he's Hulk just, himself. He's so great. Dennis Rodman's just kind of like standing in the... Does he even talk? I don't even remember uh, him talking very, in WCW. Very little. Yeah. But he is an NWO member, so he's, on that alone, he's above LT. I don't right, feel definitely. bad about that. Yeah. Okay, so we'll leave Robin at four. Hey, four's not bad for Rodman. No. It's not like, you know what the, I The top three are all-timers, in my opinion. So far, so good. I mean, there's more to come, obviously, folks. 
But right now, for week number three, at number one, still the uke, Bob Euchre. Number two, Mike Tyson. Number three, Regis, you're beautiful. Just Regis. No Just, Philbin. <laughs> no, we don't need Philbin. Yeah. It's Regis. Number Also his name. Who the hell is named Regis? That's amazing. It's, it's, how did he do it? <laughs> Everything about him works. How did I do it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, number four, Dennis Rodman. The worm in yeah, here. Yeah, the worm, baby. Uh, number five, he's better than uh, LT. And number five, because, you know, NWO. And number six, Pete Rose, who's funny. Yeah. And that's about it. And a chicken. He is a chicken. So anyway, folks, that is uh, week number three here of the Royal Rankings of Celebrities in Wrestling. Let us know what you think. Do it on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. Quinn, when we come back, it is time to go to the superstars of wrestling in Syracuse. We'll be reviewing that right after this. He's confrontational, controversial, and color-coordinated. John Kelly goes one-on-one with the Madman of the Bulls. As Dennis Rodman puts on his game face, cuts loose on Chicago, and tells it like it is. That's the way it is. <laughs> Tonight at 10 on the Channel 5 News. Committed to Chicago. Now, let's see. Your knobs. <laughs> I'm knobs. And your sex. Sags. Yeah. Knobs and sags. Yes. Sounds like my body as I get older. <laughs> She's not Come on, kidding. All right. Don't look too bad over there. Yeah, 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 thank you. So the nasty boys have got a little warm side to them. Who would have ever imagined? Oh, would have thought it. Yeah. Well, I don't get too warm now. <laughs> no fuzzy stuff. Well, where do we stand in the in the WWF? I mean, who has the belt now for the tag team? Title? Actually, that's a good question because Jimmy Hart, our manager. Yes said we had the title shot against the natural disasters right and then went ahead stabbed us in the back put money incorporated in there no i don't like this no. hello wrestling fans it's time to shout out our friends of the show now these are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling kind of like ovp Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here, episode number 235. Quinn just got done uh, lamenting the fact that Regis isn't number one, but you know, what are you going to do? Well, sorry. You can't always get what you want. No, but if if you try sometimes, you might get us to review something if you want us to, folks. True. And you can do that if you go to our Facebook group. We have an announcement post where we're asking for specific episode review requests. And all you got to do is put either the YouTube link or whatever, if it's on the internet, or just the date. And what the show is. Right. And we're going through pretty much exclusively taking your request for, I guess, in perpetuity, Quinn. Yeah. Forever. Uh, well, as we long as we're here. of shows in the tank here. Yep. And one of the ones we pulled out of the tank comes from Jerry Mahal. Hello, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> and he wanted us to do, Quinn, WWF Superstars of Wrestling from 1987, November 14th to be exact. Quinn mm-hmm. Superstars is always an easy one. Oh, a lovely little right? show. Uh, a Dick Ebersol special, if you will, <laughs> yeah. by this point. Well, yeah, no, the influence is there that we oh, were talking 100%. about. 100%. And Superstars, without me even saying much of anything, Superstars came from Championship. It switched in September of 86. It was the A show. It was the main show until Raw became the main show in the 90s. Okay, so Superstars is the weekly syndicated where anything important happened. True. 
It's the raw of its time. It was. That's where if any angles were going to develop, if any big things were going to happen, it happened on Superstars. Now, to set the stage for you here, November of 87, Quinn, Mm -hmm. we are building towards the first of your favorite pay-per-views, the first ever Survivor Series. (sighs) Well, this one's okay. The first Survivor Series, even I said, was like acceptable. pretty good. And that, now, they obviously did not run this on the same night as Starcade Thanksgiving to fuck with uh, Jim Crockett. They didn't do that. Not at all. It was a coincidence. Yeah. Who would do that? Why would you, why would you compete with, Vince has said this himself. Why would, why would you run the same night? You're only hurting yourself. And he would never hurt his competition. Yeah, he would never, ever do that. Ever. But anyway, that's kind of where we are, right? No, November of 87, we have a good roster. This is a, this is a great snapshot of the uh, 87 roster, man. Very, very good. Yeah. Some good people here. And this is a great request, Jerry Mahal. So thank you very much. Quinn, that's really all the, the preamble we need, right? It's superstars, Let's do it, man. Baby. WWF Superstars are wrestling November 14th, 87. Back to the comfortable 87 Superstars Canon, nice and cozy. <laughs> nice and cozy. Cozied up, got my notes ready. I was like, <laughs> let's do it. It's so easy. Uh, we get the laser beams and the recognized symbol of ass opening here. Mm-hmm. The recognized symbol of ass. Cold open then from the Onondaga County War Memorial in Syracuse. What? As we now hear from Norman Rothschild, the <laughs> general manager of the shack over here. <laughs> this again? We don't care. Uh, Why do they keep... So he's like, and let's go to what's his head? He runs the arena and he'll tell us how good we are. Let's go to Bill Boner. What does he say? He's like, I, I just want to tell everyone how how great. Why is he? <laughs> Why is he Woody Allen? I don't know. I just want to tell everyone. <laughs> like Jameson or something. <laughs> how great the WWF is. The World Wrestling Federation has consistently provided the best promotion and the best family entertainment we've ever had. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> well, the, the only reason they had him talk was so that they'd look good. It wasn't about uh, highlighting Norman no, over here. They don't care about Norman. It's probably the biggest moment of his life. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> Honey, you know who I, I, I met today? I was on television. Why is he Woody Allen? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he looks like an extra in Godfather 3 anyway. We're he joined, does. He does. We're joined by the uh, Superstars of Rustling commentary team, Vince McMahon. Bruno Sabatino and Jesse Ventura live in the arena. Good. No yeah. green. Nope. They don't need any of that. It's not there yet. Yep. They're not hanging sideways from the ceiling or something <laughs> no, stupid. No. Hello, everyone. I'm Vince Japan along with Rustling's living legend, Bruno Sabatino. And of course, Jesse the Body Ventura. Vince and Bruno have their standard red superstars coats. Jesse is dressed like a hippie crossing guard or I something. I don't know. <laughs> he, it didn't bother me too much no, this episode. It wasn't that weird. I look comic, man. Yeah. Anyway, we get the standard awesome NES intro. You guys know the one we mm-hmm. always do, 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 do. Okay. And then Vince runs down tonight's action. No spoilers. Yeah, we aren't allowed to say we, any of this stuff on the show. We don't do it. We don't do it. You're going to find out. That's right. Up to ringside now, where Howard Finkel introduces our first match. And Quinn Bam Bam Bigelow's rare theme fires up. And Oliver Humperdinck leads the bammer out. Approaching the ring area. The theme is so rare that I've heard it twice this season, Joe, by the way. Stop. I, I can it's, hum it. I've heard it so much. It's rare. A uh, nice pop for Bam Bam, actually, is Humperdinck looks like my grandma's friend or something. Just yeah. got the rotund and sparkly. Just fucking horrible. Moo Moo. Fucking Koopa kid. And it's just everything about Wizard. him. Yeah, I don't know. He's a heel manager I, anywhere else. I feel what are like they doing? If you jumped on him. 
you know, in Mario three, when the little wand falls out of his hand and it like goes down the sky or whatever, like that's what would happen. And then the king's like, "Oh, thank heavens!" He, he, now I'm back to, to my normal self. He turns from like a frog into a guy or whatever. And Here's he's a like, wing. Thank you, Mario, but this is the wrong fucking castle as usual. Anyway, Bam Bam's opponent in the ring is Gino Carabello, who seems bold and confident for a jobber. By the way, <laughs> he's like, oh, "I'm gonna win." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, okay, we will fight." <laughs> Those are my favorite kinds of jobbers. I love them. You want to fight? Victor Carlo. <laughs> yeah. Joey Morello is going to be the referee, and we get a bell here. Is Bam Bam with a forward roll out of the way? Big boot, backdrop. All fast. I dig it. Quick. I'm into it. Yep. Quick. Nice suplex by Bam Bam, who is definitely over here in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Off the ropes, headbutt by Big Low. I like the speed here. He's uh, immediately, quick, man. I was like, whoa, okay. This is, this is what I want to see here. This ain't five years ago. Yeah, this ain't 82, man. Yeah, exactly. Jesse even puts Bam Bam over for being quick and good. good. He is really good here. We get now an insert of a magazine article about Bam Bam, and Jesse decides to bitch about how Bam Bam passed up on seven managers and he hired that little troll Humperdink. And then Bruno, did you even read the article about what Bam Bam says? Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, but did you, if you read the article, did you hear what Bam Bam says? Fine, let him come. One at a time. Thought he's like my big old slingshot splash over the ropes to get the win. Holy shit. That was the perfect line. This is my kind of opening. I literally yelled at the screen, hell yeah, like after I started, <laughs> it was like one minute long. I was like, this is fucking perfect. Uh, you know how I always say on this show? You know how you open a television show? This is how you open You're it. right, man. You just beat the shit out of someone in like a minute. Hold people's attention. Yeah, you don't want to drag it on. Yeah, no, exactly. Then they show the replay Headlocks. all quick. And yeah. it's like, nice little like in a package. This is fucking Bam Bam. Right. And that's it. That's perfect. Now I know who he is. Also, I'm Quinn, just saying. <laughs> also, Quinn, I think this is a different rare theme. This is not his it's WrestleMania. The, it's no, the it's same not. One. It sounds different. It's, it's not the same. No, it's not. Whatever, it's that. I, did, I sung it for, for all the people who hate my singing. Andrew Rogers. Yeah. Uh, Bruno now does the replay as only he can and shouldn't. Cut to Greg here. Greg DeGeorge. Craig DeGeorge, yes. I call him Greg. If you're new, we call him Greg because Gorilla calls him Greg all throughout WrestleMania 4. Well, it's so his name. He's Greg. Yeah. Just, you know, Greg DeGeorge is back in the locker room area. And right now, let's go to Greg DeGeorge. Greg is now standing by. We've just gotten word that Greg DeGeorge is standing by. Let's go to Greg. Greg is now standing by. Now, he's with a heroic team on the platform here. Right. Quinn. One Man Gang, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Rick Rude, Butch Reed, Slick, and Bobby Heenan. It's all very pleasant. I, I'm surprised that Matilda wasn't there for some reason because... Craig. You know, yeah, Craig or Greg. Matilda, what are you doing? Yeah. So Bobby puts over his team. Andre's the captain. And then Andre with like the stupid wave to the crowd. It was funny. Waving in his Kramer suit. Yeah. Uh, I got him. I'm a face. Remember, he still thinks he's a face. Like, that's... This whole thing. At WrestleMania 3, that's really hysterical when he's just like waving the whole time. He's like, oh, hi. I was cheering. Boss, the cheering. It's like garbage. It's like like tons of it, too. It's like the largest crowd in the world, and they're like literally all pelting with garbage. And he's just waving. It's so good. Anyway, one man gang, by the way, off to the side is like so proud here. Mm -hmm. He likes this team, Quinn. He does. Bobby says when it's all said and done, Hogan is going to have to step in the ring with Andre once he's done hiding behind his partners. Remember, folks, this is the big anticipated rematch, so to speak, of right. Andre Hogan right. since WrestleMania 3. The brain then pulls out the old Hulk Hogan stretch him. That's like a stretch Armstrong. Yeah, it's just, that's all it is. Yeah. Just stretch Armstrong and Hulk's face on it. Yep. 
And then he pulls at it with Slick the whole time. Yeah, they're all cackling, <laughs> all silly. I was like, ha ha, this is what will happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, what if Ravishing Rick Rude grabbed the other leg? This is wrestling for you, folks. Yeah. Uh, Andre, like, happily pulls the head out. <laughs> yeah, it's all stupid. It's so silly. And then Slick chimes in to say, Because what you see assembled here is a congregation of sophistication. It's awesome. That's just... I never heard that line. Yeah, it's well, good. good. I love it. Bobby just yells survivors over and over again. Mm-hmm. As we <laughs> segue to some dorky promo. Such a, that was such a Healy promo in all the best ways. <laughs> it was so good, it was right? Like, it was like, kind of, it reminded me a lot of like Dr. Evil's crew. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? In that like stupid room it was, in like the first movie. <laughs> yes. They like introduces all of them yep, and they yep. all look dumb. And they all look dumb. It was very cartoony. Yeah. In a good way though. I mean, this is on right after cartoons. Huh? Generally. So anyway. We get that dorky Survivor Series promo with this weird voiceover guy. He's like, it's coming November 26th. It's coming. Who the hell are you? Yeah, who are you? Where's Gene? I don't want you. (laughs) Anyway, back to... It's supposed to make it more serious, Joe. It's not. It's worse. Thanksgiving night. Witness the Survivor Series. Back to ringside where Vince sends us to a video package of Brutus Beefcake Mm -hmm. with classical music. This was upsetting to me. So we see the beef here giving people uh, haircuts, cutting their hair, giving them sleepers. Haircuts galore. It's very silly. Apparently, he also spray-painted people, which is, I guess, probably where the NWO got the idea. Oh, true. They showed him spray-painting a lot of people like this was normal. I don't even remember this. I have no recollection of him spray-painting people. What is that? Apparently, there's like six of them, like (laughs) all flashed quickly. What is that? With different colors, pink and yellow and all (laughs) all blue. It's all silly. Maybe that's where Dennis Rodman got the idea. Maybe a Brutus Beefcake, big originator. (laughs) He's an influencer, Mm -hmm. Quinn. Also, it occurred to me here that the classical music we're hearing is the Barber of Seville no. overture. Anyway, Brutus gives haircuts when people don't want them, and then he taunts people with a mirror. What a package. What a face. <laughs> yeah, really. Back to ringside, where Slick is introduced in the ring with his shitty team, the Bolsheviks. Yuck. I, they're so Ugh. poor. They are poor. Yeah, they're, they're, they're terrible. But they're proud, at least. Mm-hmm. They're so minor, like, already <laughs> in, like, late 87. Like, they really are. No matter when Slick is with him, I always can't believe that he's still with them. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? like, why didn't he abandon this why? team? They stink. I, I know that he was at Sheik and Volkov. I get right. that, but this team this stinks. This feels like a consequence of obtaining that contract from Blassie. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Blasty stuck him with Volkov, and now yeah. we had to deal with the Krunk era. Yeah. Remember the Krunk? Yeah, the Krunk. So, that was, was a good team. It was. Uh, they were tag champions. <laughs> and and now, for the now I got this shitty Boris over here. He stinks <laughs> butt. He's awful. So their opponents, also in the ring already, Mario Mancini, we know him, and Jerry Allen. Yeah, a.k.a. Jerry O. from <laughs> 82 Cannon or yeah, whatever. that's right, Jerry O. And Allen is fired up here. Oh. But, sl- oh. Yeah. but Slick <laughs> makes sure to ask the Fink for the mic. So we can all please rise and respect Mr. Volkov's singing of the Soviet National Anthem. Now, Vince is, like, surprised, even though this happens, like, every yeah. single time. Like, what is this? What? What? They can't do this? It's like, what What are you talking about? It's like every match. He's been doing this for, like, three years, they've Nikolai been, Volkov. They've been doing it for 30 years with Nikolai Volkov, yeah, I feel true. like. <laughs> and then, I can't believe you're standing, Jussie, or yeah. whatever, you know? I, don't. I can't believe you're standing, Jussie. Jerry Allen, by the way, behind all this, fucking hates it in the background. Yeah. He's like all pissed off. It's who's funny. Who's he? Like, what, what, who's he to be? <laughs> Nobody. He's trying he's to fucking get... Jerry O from Can- from eighty two Canon. He's trying to get over, man. <laughs> Nikolai does his very nice rendition. We're not going to sing it because Andrew Rogers, but only mm-hmm. the short version. Referee Quinn, Jack Kruger. Good, good, good. 
Bruna says nothing so far as we get a bell and Nikolai just kicks Alan's ass. Vince now asks Jesse if he's heard the new song Jive Soul Bro yet. Ooh, we're bringing that up, huh? Bringing that up. Irish up by Volkov. Need of the gut and Fink now butts in the plug the Worcester show on November 23rd. Please end this. I hate when they do this. I know. We're going to have King Kong Bundy. Mm-hmm. Ivan Putski. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a solid addition to the card. November of 87. I guarantee you it's really hard to beat him. <laughs> like, just saying. It always is, man. Yeah. British Bulldogs will be there. That's good. Mm-hmm. Honky Tonk Man. By the way, Boris back in now to kick some ass. Very proud punches. Oh, yeah. Very proud. <sighs> Alan's able to get a body press for two. Tag to Mancini, who probably gets close lines. Mm-hmm. Nikolai's back in now. Press backbreaker, which looked cool. Now, I got to say, Jack Kruger, typically the angry ref, right? Right. He was all calm until Boris tagged in and Nikolai wouldn't leave. Uh, he, he's like, you get, you get out of get here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, you don't fuck with Kruger. Yeah, he you- is... <laughs> Now, I didn't know he wasn't as loud in this or no, something. That's what I, like, I mean. didn't notice him as much. He just did yeah. that one little thing and then yeah. he was quiet. Anyway, a headbutt by Zukov gets the win. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. I think I didn't even notice Kruger because the Bolsheviks were wrestling. I just <laughs> totally wrote this match off in my head. I wasn't even like paying attention. It's fine. Uh, Bruno does a replay as usual as we now go back over to Greg DeGeorge, who's in the uh, blue WWF background area and that means it's a local promo. He says we're coming back to Beantown. Which Come back to Beantown. Beantown, Matilda. Hi again, everyone. We are coming back to Beantown. Plenty of time to get your tickets. No one calls it Beantown, by no, the way. It's yeah, just this is, Gorilla Monsoon does. As we've been told by our fans, no yeah. one calls it Beantown either. No, not that yeah. I know of anyway. Just like no one calls it Joyzy. Yeah. But like people from out of state call it Joyzy. So the next, if we go to Boston together, we should definitely say everyone, oh, it's so great to be in Beantown. How long have like, you lived in Beantown, huh? Yeah, and do like a it, horrible Boston accent. <laughs> Park the car in Beantown. Park the car and have it, yeah. And yeah, all, yeah, and all <laughs> st- stupid shit. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourselves. But we will be back in Beantown, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to have Randy Savage, who's a face now, if you're keeping okay. track, taking a honky-tonk man, the IC. Right. Bundy versus Bam Bam. Which I already saw in 1995 at a benefit show or whatever. Big battle of bul- <laughs> bulging battle in behemoths at a yeah. benefit show. Yeah. Uh, Jake Roberts versus Killer Khan. That sounds poor. <laughs> oh, what, what, Jake Roberts doing messing about with Killer Khan <laughs> in 1987. That seems odd to me. <laughs> That, there's no way that's good. Jake barely has good matches with good wrestlers. Yeah, Like, in all seriousness. That's just so the fans can yell DDT and <laughs> he, then he hits it. On Con- somebody that doesn't matter. Yeah, Khan tries the mist and it misses and then mm-hmm. DDT. And everyone gets to see it. Yeah. It's, oh, yay, we saw the DDT. You can go home that <laughs> yeah. night with your Hulk foam finger. finger yes. I saw the fucking DDT. <laughs> that's what that's for. That's literally the purpose of that match. Dear WF Magazine, Jake Roberts is the best. Yeah, exactly. Please come back to Worcester. I bet you that lady's there. That Jake's the best. Jake's the best. <laughs> no. You guys oh, are wrong. Wait, Jake's you mean, the best. No, you're, you're talking about the guy at WrestleMania 5. The lady is like, I gotta tell you, Jake Roberts is gonna win. I gotta tell you boys one thing. You're all wrong. She, she doesn't sound She's like She's only this. like 25. She talks good with those no, teeth. No, she doesn't. She what has no teeth and she doesn't talk good. She's not 25. Don't insult her. I'm sorry. Even you, when we reviewed that show, you were like, I love, this lady's the best. She is the best. But she, she's good. All I'm saying is the facts. <sighs> Just because she's wearing the shirt, you think? She made it herself. Oh, it's calm. It's a okay. Harley Davidson shirt. Don't disparage. She's great. She's, Stop. She's only like 50 now. Leave her alone. Also, we're going to have Harley Race versus Jim Duggan, but now Jimmy Hart comes in all sad as Craig is like all giddy, the rare. Apparently, Quinn. 
Jimmy Hart is going to be suspended 50 feet above the ring in a cage, and he's holding up and he's like, oh my god, man! And he's like, get that smile off your face, Craig! <laughs> You're going to be some, funny, some 50 feet suspended in a cage above the ring, and that, of course, will prevent you from, from any interference. Let's put it that way. You know, why don't you get that big smile off your face? You're like all the people in the audience. I gotta say, Quinn, I feel so bad for Jimmy. He could be seriously injured. Yeah, it's so mean to him. He's I, a big face and they do this. It's not right. Also, this what is this fucking Memphis with this? This doesn't. Memphis. This does not feel like something the WF would ever do. Like the shark cage angle. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Vince hated this and got talked into it every time he did it. I'm, I'm serious. Jimmy Hart talked him into it. Maybe. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's like it. we did it in Memphis, baby. Yeah, it was great. It might be. A, I still a got Jimmy. the shark tank in my basement. <laughs> it like, be, like, <laughs> like literally, can you bring it in? I could get, I could get some movers, like, you know, like that kind of situation. You're turning into Curly Howard with that impression. It's <laughs> so, not bad though. I could get some movers. <laughs> yeah, baby. Anyway, Honky wanders into the frame. Now he's like, "Don't you worry, Jimmy." <laughs> Such good friends. I love it. <laughs> they it, they it, love it, each it's other. So, it's so wonderful. And Honky's like, "When I go into Boston, <laughs> I'll be thinking about Larry Bird, the greatest that played here." Because I'm the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. But anyway, Honky also says, Quinn, that he's got the greatest girlfriend in the world. We know her, Peggy mm-hmm. Sue. And guess what? She'll be Ooh, at ringside. I'm rooting for that. And then Craig says, wait a second, Matilda. No, wait a second. <laughs> Pe- Peggy Sue is a blonde. The person at ringside is a brunette. The person, that's Sensational Sherry, the world champion. Wait, what? This was acknowledged? I'm referring to Sensational Sherry, who is not just a girlfriend. She is no, not she's the world be there. Champion. It's gonna be Peggy Sue, my girlfriend. Excuse me? Well, Wait, I thought this was, ne- I never heard this say on anything that they mentioned this. Apparently in the very, very early stages of the Peggy Sue character, okay. which was Sherry, obviously, and only for house show promos like this, right. they did acknowledge it. And then they stopped doing it. Because that's stupid. It's not. It's Peggy Sue. It's Peggy Sue, obviously. What are they talking Buddy about? Buddy Holly's friend. Yeah. You know, remember Elvis she is- transported time machine with Honky or whatever? Yeah. Remember how Honky is Buddy Holly? I thought Honky's Elvis. I think he's before Elvis, remember? What do you mean he's before Elvis? Elvis ripped him off. Oh, right. You're right. Remember? That's true. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Honky vehemently denies this whole Sherry Martell thing. That was actually pretty funny. Let's go to break now. Let's come back with a clip from last week on Superstars. This was huge, Quinn. The Hart Foundation, the tag champions, they were defending against Strike Force. And you know what they do, Quinn? They strike with force. Lightning force. And uh, we see Martell grab that Boston Crab on the anvil, and the anvil gives up. We have new tag what champions. The fuck? This is sudden. Very sudden. And I got to say, and I know we've talked about this before. Holy shit, was Strike Force over? Like, you wouldn't know from WrestleMania oh, I mean, 4. You got girls with cars as your theme. People are going <laughs> to root for you. Girls in cars, not with cars. I said girls in cars. You said with. I, I don't know. I didn't hear that. I'll have to play the tape back. Okay. Girls with cars is your theme. Back to ringside now where our next match is in the ring. We've got <laughs> Carmine Sriracha. <laughs> the the way you wrote that, the notes look like Carmine Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got looked, Carmine Sauce over here. The yeah, gravy, yeah, huh? Yeah. Who the fuck is that? I don't anyway. know. He's a fucking loser. That's who he is. <laughs> His opponent. I mean, you're ac- you're 100 accurate. His opponent, who's also in there, everyone's getting the jobber entrance, huh? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, well, things move around here. That's true. They, they, we don't have time for entrances around. on this shit. <laughs> Uh, his opponent's also managed by Oliver Humperdink. It's Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Wait, wait, wait. Mr. Wonderful was managed by Humperdink? I don't remember this at all, which says a lot about Dink, yeah. honestly. There's a very brief period 
where Humperdinck had two charges. He had Bam Bam Bigelow. Why would they do that? <laughs> Degrades Mr. Wonderful. And this is like the very tail end of Orndorff's WWF run. Yeah, it's like, this got to be right at the end. He's just about, I think he leaves in very early January. It's November of 87. I'm yeah. surprised he's still around. I know. Good reaction for Paul here. Jesse's like, I think he needs to see a psychiatrist. Gary Spivey, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Bell Lockwood tussle on the ropes. Referee's a young Jimmy Corderas here. The announcers now stir up the big feud between Rick Rude and Paul Orndorff. That's actually the reason Orndorff left the Heenan family, I believe. Right. Because of Rick Rude. He's getting or, upstaged by this other guy with a good body. It's, yeah. it's, it's typical. Typical. Yeah. Stumps by Orndorff knee drop. Fink now hypes up the Portland, Maine show on December 6th. <sighs> Stop. <laughs> Ord- we always get the New England feed for these superstars yeah. episodes. The fuck? I, I'd like to know Peter what's going Winston on in like, all this? Oregon or something. You know, Oregon. 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 Whatever. Oregon, or, Oregon. Whatever. Oregano. Oregano. You know, you, know, you put that in the Carmine sauce. Yeah. Something anyway, like that. Yeah. Orndorff throws Carmine here to the floor and follows down after him. Calmly tosses him right back inside. And Jesse's like, why are you going to throw him out in the first place if you're going to help him back in? <laughs> Vince, maybe he wants to see if Sriracha can fly. I don't know. Yeah. They need to calm down. <laughs> I, I honestly, that felt like a much to do about nothing. Very Shakespearean, if you mm-hmm. will. Drop kick by Orndorff and then a running knee. Big pop for that. Paul still feels heel here. Can he I does. just say that? Even with yeah. Dink out there. Although, to be fair, even when Orndorff was a face like 85, 86, he always kind of did wrestle like a heel, right? Yeah, I mean, he was mocking Fuji and stuff like that. I, <laughs> also, his hair is heel. I know. He's got that ha- weird helmet hair yeah. like Gary Spivey. Yeah, his- <laughs> you know? So, it's like... He does have heel hair, right? He does. Like, he does. He just looks like the same fucking guy from 84 canon. Like, he never changes his whole run. He looks exactly the same. He does, like, yeah. There's no, there's no difference. Yeah. Uh, you're right, though. He does. <laughs> A huge clothesline by Orndorff, and he signals for the pile driver. The crowd likes it, and he nails it. Goodbye. Good pile driver as usual, by he, the way. He does do a good we're one. Very u- we're getting very used to this on the 84 cannon, so anytime I see the pile yeah. driver, I kind of get a little excited now. Yeah, yeah he, we've had Orndorff for a while now on the cannon, and he's he's good. Yeah, he's, I like him a lot. Pile drivers are great. Not bad match. Mm-hmm. Weird again, though, to see Orndorff here this late. Just strange. It is strange. But he poses, and then Bruno does the replay. <laughs> Oh, and literally God. the only thing Bruno says for the replay, pile driver. <laughs> the only thing. Why is he here? Anyway, we cut to Gene with Honky Tonk Man, Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, and Ron Bass. Mm-hmm. And Bass and Davis are proudly wearing Quinn their Survivor Series shirts. But more importantly, I'd just like to note this. Davis is wearing like his evil ref coat with that <laughs> shirt. But then he has like strange dress yes. pants on that make him feel even more shady. Like he looks yes. like a you know like a shady bowling person. I don't know. Like I something about him is off. Shady bowling person. Like purple-ish pants. They're weird. Danny Davis is a very strange yeah. character on television uh-huh. in every aspect. Yeah, ref, wrestler, you name it. You know, he seems like he's not on the up and up. Most of the time, and it's not even in like K-fabe. just the character. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like sometimes when he when he opens his mouth, I'm kind of like, you think Dan Marsh, the man, has some mm, connections? He knows Carmine Sauce. Yeah, he knows Carmine <laughs> Sauce. Let's put it that way. <laughs> anyway, Gene talks about how everyone on the face team fucking hates the Honky Tonk Man, and Honky's like, I'm just, I've made Danny Davis the honorary <laughs> team captain, and Danny Davis is gonna eliminate everyone. Him <laughs> can't do anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, just like. Silently, <laughs> Ron Bass is showing off his Miss Betsy whip for yep. fun. He's just like, ha! Ah, yep. I love Bass. He I is did, very good. But he's good. He is very good. He got the screw here, man, in New York. I never did anything with I him. I know, he's good. Anyway, Danny Davis talks, which uh, 
pretty much shows why he never should. What about it, Danny Davis? I have made a promise to the honky tonk man. Gene then turns to Bass, and Bass is like, "What? What do you want?" Yeah, he's just standing there. You know, <laughs> so- why is Gene bothering him? <laughs> And then Outlaw here says that he's going to carve up some turkeys on Thanksgiving and make boots out of Damien. All angry. Yep. And no, he won't be able to carve up turkeys on Thanksgiving because he can't fucking go to his dinner on Thanksgiving because Vince won't have this pay-per-view on a reasonable night. Well, it's because they accidentally are, you know, on the same night as Starcade. Accidentally. They didn't mean to be. Vince would never... Do you think he at least lets them eat turkey at the the show or something? Like, you got to fucking bring something, you know? Maybe like cold cuts. You don't think they at least got catering? I know they did, they do catering later on, but I know it wasn't normal back then. But you would think, right, for Survivor Series, right? Could he at least, I don't know, pay a company to get turkey, cranberry sauce, all the fixins and all that shit, like have a thing for them? If any of you know someone that worked Survivor Series 87 through, through like 1990 90. on Thanksgiving, could you please let us know? You can write that to Thanksgiving, care of OVP Podcast, Ogden, Utah. Right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ron Bass is good, was my point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene gets us out of here as uh, Davis fondles Mitz Bessie. Yes, that's real. Mm-hmm. We go back to ringside where Vince throws us now to comments from Danny Davis. Haven't we had enough <laughs> we Danny just heard Davis? from Danny Davis. God! <laughs> and in this case, he calls out Sam Houston. Is he just feuding people with whips and, and like <laughs> hat, cowboy hats? He's like, why is it Bass feuding with Houston? I don't know. Kick That's, his ass, Bass. Uh, yeah, he'll teach him. He would. Bass? Yeah. Bass Kick the fuck out of him. 100%. Anyway, Davis calls Houston a drugstore cowboy. A rebuttal from Houston who's like, ah, yeah, I just got to remember my paw taught me. <laughs> my paw. <laughs> Grizzly Smith? Yeah, fucking asshole. <laughs> That's his paw. That is. Anyway, Sam Houston's going to win, he says, because he's good. He isn't. No, he's, he's not. not. Gonna, he's not going to win. He's like Terry Taylor, Texas edition. Yeah, it really I is. swear it's to the fuck. same thing. It's the same fucking thing. I'm good. Why? Because <laughs> I can do holds. No, it's I'm good. Why? Because I'm good. Like, he's like <laughs> Ralphie or something from fucking Simpsons. <laughs> anyway, down to ringside. Well, guess what, Quinn? You'll never uh-huh. hear this get said ever again on this show. The yeah. ultimate warrior gets the job or yeah. entrance. <laughs> wow, this is really early. It's so strange. There's like no fanfare for And the ultimate warrior. Who is that? They're like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Like, Weighing 275 pounds, the ultimate warrior. But anyway, his opponent, proudly from Brooklyn, proudly still in the purple tights, Quinn. And proudly not Brooklyn Brawler. Nope. Steve Lombardi referees the, the Joey Morella again. Yeah. As we get, he also knows Carmine Sauce. Yeah. We get a bell and a lockup. Warrior swats a Lombardi for fun. <laughs> lockup and a shove, shove off my warrior. Shows are walk my warrior, but Lombardi stays up. Leapfrog my warrior? That's rare. Off yeah. the ropes, back he's, up. He's new, Joe. He he's still <laughs> trying to impress them with moves. Yeah, like like Sam Houston. Yeah. Uh, off the ropes, back elbow. Lombardi bails out. Warrior chases back inside. Lombardi off the ropes. Hip toss by warrior. Total domination here, by the way. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. Steve Lombardi could take an ass kicking. That's true. He couldn't do anything else, but he could take yeah. an ass kicking. Body slam by warrior. Nice atomic drop. We get an insert promo now from the warrior. Who yells quickly about how, you know, he busts through doors or something? At least the babbling was from day one, right? Yeah. <laughs> At least nothing really changed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He had the talking down from the beginning. Yep. Lombardi with an Irish whip clothesline does nothing. Warrior now with a turnbuckle ram, chop, Irish whip, flying shoulder block, big Popeye punch by <laughs> Warrior. And then he shows off that gorilla press move. <laughs> Jesse, this guy is strange. I agree. I do too. Press slam gingerly done by the Warrior. Off the ropes. 
big splash, goodbye. This was odd. Yeah. It's weird how Warrior was Warrior, but everything is just like slower. slower. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the, the pacing is not yeah. there yet. And the crowd doesn't like they're they're fine with him, but he's right. not warrior levels of over yet. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. They're just like, oh, okay. So he's like uh he's like Bam Bam Bigelow, right? Yeah, like, we don't know. We cheer him, right? Yeah. You know? But they all forget about him that night. Yeah, exactly. That is not that's the interesting part. He's at this point where like pipe fans went home. They didn't, who the fuck is this? Like, they didn't even think about him, right? The only little Billy reading his program in the car on the way home. Or, if I have a theory, Quinn, it's possible that a very young Tony Legday was watching WWF Superstars, and he's like, I want to, I love that guy. I Tony, let us know, did you see Warrior in 87? Yeah, if but, you did, what did you think? But here's the thing, is I, I, I don't think Warrior, until he started having the music and shit, people really noticed. Yeah, and especially- Even kids, like, I, I, I find that hard to believe. He's just very- generic here as dumb as this sounds beating hercules at four probably mattered it did because he wasn't fighting anybody good yet. right yeah like the chain thing before four where they yeah. broke the chain that probably that actually mattered cool. yeah anyway we go to the platform where craig greg greg is by himself good he now brings out the man we've heard about matilda no uh, who claims everybody has a price the million dollar man ted dibiase so this is pretty new for dibiase he'd done a right. few vignettes obviously he had done a few segments remember the lady that barked or whatever woof and yeah. all that <laughs> woof woof <laughs> woof <laughs> with a horrible hair looks like a fly swatter that hair what is 80s that 80s hair Joe it's like a molecule mm-hmm. anyway DiBiase comes out with Virgil of course uh, DiBiase takes the mic he's got the black and purple suit Quinn it's classic I like that the suit classic suit Virgil is holding not only some money Quinn but a basketball I'm gonna play basketball <laughs> yeah and I'm like, oh no, it's this. This is it's, it, it's this show. So a lot of basketball on this show. Yeah. DiBiase that makes fun of basketball and says that it's a sport for poor people. Man, he's such a fuck. He's such an asshole yeah, he's, character. He's literally like everything that comes out of his mouth is like disparaging. Is, like it's it's insulting. He's a prick. Yeah. Like literally every single sentence this man <laughs> utters is is dorky and shitty yep. and I don't like it. Mean and yeah. poopy. Virgil has a basketball. Poor man's sport, basketball, right, Virgil? It's very easy to play basketball. All you need is a ball, a hoop, and an old raggedy pair of tennis shoes. Anyway, he says that he'll give somebody here in the crowd the opportunity to make $500. And that's huge for 1980. That's not like a lot of money, right? What would that be now? About 1800 Yeah, probably. Like Someone something like that. that yeah. <laughs> just spitballing. Probably a lot. Where's Conrad? What's that? I'm just freestyling here. I don't know if you've ever heard of the show Conrad Thompson. Yeah, it might, it's something new. to wrestle. Yeah, yeah, it's a new show. It's a small show. Yeah. Check them out if you've never heard of them. Yeah. All they have to do, Quinn, to win this money is bounce the ball. Although, DiBiase says, since this crowd is stupid, that might be hard. What a fucker. I know. <laughs> like you said, every like making line. me mad, like just him talking. Because so he's just acting like such a shithead. He's an asshole. As I look around the crowd, it's obvious to me that most of you would do just about anything for a little bit of my money. So, DiBiase scans the crowd, and he picks a little boy. Brought up to, I don't know how old this kid, maybe six. He looks like he's like five. Five, like He looks yeah. really young. Little boy here. Yeah. Brought up to the platform, he says his name is Sean. All shy because yeah. he's a he's a little one. He's, he's a little, little kid, kid, you know. Not much older in front than my of a son. Bunch of people. Virgil gives him the ball, and DBS is like, "All right, can you dribble it ten times?" So mm-hmm. Sean does. Good pop for that. Yeah, big pop. Good. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Good. Oh, okay. Pick the ball up, Virgil. And DBS is like, "All right, fine. If you can dribble it fifteen times, I'm going to give you the five hundred. 
And then he says, I can tell by looking at you, you can use a lot more than 500 bucks. Which is very <laughs> shitty. Like, what, why? Everything that comes out of his mouth is shitty. <laughs> he can't even, like, say go or anything. Like, just do it. He has to say, oh, you look poor to me or whatever. Like, what a jerk. It's like, what a fucking asshole. So Sean starts bouncing. Okay. Gets the 14 and rather infamously, DiBiase kicks the ball away. And, and huge. This is heat. What a like, jerk. This is like massive heat. A little like five-year-old, six-year-old kid. kid. <laughs> He's one dribble away and he kicks the... You can't get any more evil than this. Right. Like, you know what I mean? What like, and, and he insults the little... He insults a <laughs> little kid. He insults a little kid. He insults the crowd. He insults the state. The sport uh, of basketball. The, the sport of basketball. He insults absolutely everything. And then he just cackles and like <laughs> it's such a piece of shit. And then Sean's like all sad, right? Yeah. And DBS is like, when you don't do the job right, you don't get paid. And let this be a lesson to you. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? What a character, Quinn. I mean, yeah. what a fucking ridiculous character. And what a fucking heel. The crowd wanted to kill him. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, I was like, I was surprised people weren't coming out of the crowd with like, Weapons or something. It was like, the South, they would. Yes. It would. You'll fucking do that to a kid? What the hell? Like, you know what I mean? Crazy, man. Yeah. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Oops! Oh! We didn't get to 15, Sean! So Sean gets off the stage. He goes back to his mom, all sad. If that happened today, Joe, right after DiBiase kicked the ball, ooh, yaka Sean! And John Cena would come out and you like say Yaka show, whatever they say, and the ooh Yaka like whatever it is, like you know, and then he'd like kick his ass and then give the kid like a thousand dollars or something, like out of DiBiase's pocket. Because you're not allowed to have real heels anymore, only right. cool heels. Right. You have to like a heel. There's genuinely nothing to like about Teddy Biasi. That's why he's a true heel. Right. Like we're 35 years old and we can appreciate what the character is. Right. But at the time, mm-hmm. fuck this guy. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway, we can now cut Quinn to Demolition and Mr. Fuji. Ha ha. <laughs> That's good. So, so, so Smash is like, we're going to see Demolition at their best. Also, fuck Ken Patera and fuck Billy Jack. Just why not? We're fighting them at some house show or who gives a shit. Yeah, the, the, the shitty feud that they yeah. had. And actually, like, yeah, fuck them too. Anyway, we get to uh, actually see the entire Demolition music video, which is great. Fucking rules. Yeah, man. It's footage of them wrestling, but it's intercut with either real life explosions or shit from movies. It's all those like... H-bomb yeah, test footage. It's like that shit that was popular on like Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> or like any like game boy... Color. I know like, what you, you know mean. What I mean? Some like, Genesis ad from '93. Yeah, it even it even went further into the '90s. Like stick it in your pocket, like Game <laughs> yeah, Boy, yeah, and, like, Game Boy Color, uh, explosions and shit. And some of it, I think, is definitely Cold War or Nuclear War era, oh, yeah, like no, '60s propaganda. That was that was the whole thing. It was like a Gen Xer thing. It was yeah. like use this footage from our parents, man, <laughs> like back in their day, <laughs> and then we're gonna recut it, and it's gonna be so edgy. Coffee. I love their theme so much. My God, it's so good, right? It's such a classic. You know who wrote it? We talked about him last week. Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, back to Vince, who says that's one of eight music videos out on the uh, Coliseum video and on Epic. Label or whatever. (laughs) Coliseum video label. Neat. It's like, shut up, Vince. (laughs) One thing that makes it good, Jussie's not on it. Let's go down to ringside. Demolition music video. One of eight music videos that are out now on the Coliseum video label. Or, of course, on Epic Records and take that album or something else. One thing that makes it good, Jesse's not on it. Let's go to ringside. 
It was actually pretty funny. We go down to ringside where Dave Wagner is introduced. Like a dirty <laughs> asshole. He looks very dirty, Joe. Big John Callahan's friend over yeah, here. Yeah, jeez. And his opponent, Quinn, in the ring is Don The Rock Morocco. Hell yeah, Donald P. Donald P. Morocco. Big face by this point. Huge pop. Yep. We love Don Morocco for those of you uh, that aren't on the canon. Don Morocco was the literal best thing of 1983. Face that ran the place in 1983. Literally the best reason to watch the show in 83. For real. Yeah. So he has some, you know, people like him. We now, like him. I think that this face turn felt like deserved for whatever reason. Just because yeah. it was like Don Morocco was just always with the fucking company. You he know was what there. I mean? Yeah, I mean, he deserved a good for, run like, for, for like a year or whatever they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he liked being a face as much, but the fans loved him. So it was a night to me because it was like near the end of his run. I felt like it was a good send off. It was right. He left yeah. as a face. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Mm hmm. Now, Jesse asked Bruno if he likes heavy metal. <laughs> Some of it, not all of it. You know, if they ask Ray Rougeau, he'd right, say, right. we don't like heavy metal. Mm -hmm. We don't like rock and roll. All we'd like to listen to is Barry Manilow. We're all American boys. Yeah. Anyway, Morocco with an Irish whoop, sorry. Uh, elbow and then a bunch of elbow drops. I guarantee Wagner got all the purse money from this because Don Morocco's like the nicest. That's yeah. like a notorious story. He used to give... The like, jobbers. Get whatever, the, whatever the pay was for the, you know, they would split it or whatever. Yeah. Don Morocco was notable for always just giving away his, yeah. his purse money or something. I've heard he's a good guy. Yeah. Just really, like a nice yeah. guy. He doesn't fucking need like this <laughs> shitty like, like 30 bucks match or match yeah. for this. It's like, who gives a shit? Referee is uh, Jack Kruger again, who's in a very good mood. Uh, power <laughs> slam by Morocco. Reverse pile driver and it's all over? Good. <laughs> I like Damn, it. That was quick. That's how it's done, damn it. I mean, we got to fit six more matches into this last 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes here, Joe. Right? That was really short, man. Mm -hmm. Got a break. We come back with some comments from the fans Ugh. about the upcoming Survivor Series. These are all plants, by the way. There's no way uh, they're not. But the stuff they say. Like fake Jim Brunzel over here is like, I can treat my whole family to after Thanksgiving excitement without my wallet taking a body slam. Shut up. <laughs> I can treat my whole family to after Thanksgiving dinner excitement without my wallet taking a body slam. See, right there, it's fake. <laughs> who, who talks like that? What a bargain. It's like, who talks like it's a sale? Like, <laughs> What is he writing to the torch? What is this guy? I, I, what does he want to work for them? Is he <laughs> auditioning here? What a bargain. Oh. Then Anthony Michael Hall over here. He's like, I really like honky tonk, man. Who likes the Hockey talk, man. He's a huge heel. Honestly. They didn't even like him when he was a face. Yeah. <laughs> am I face or am I heel? <laughs> anyway, some smart Mark now is like, a, it's a great bargain. The whole family's going to be what there. What a fucking dork. <laughs> like, that's it. That's, yeah. That was stupid. It's a sale. Buy it. Back to ringside. Now we're Jive Solo Bro fires up. Slickster leads out Butch Reed. Gotta love this pairing, Quinn. Mm-hmm. It's very proud. It is. Yeah. It's a good pair. I like these two. Butch is another one like Ron Bass, where if they had done more, I'm fine with it, but they right. just didn't. No. You know what I mean? They didn't need to. They didn't need to, I guess. They didn't, but they're talented. Like, Butch is talented. Butch yeah. is good. It's true. And I should mention, by the way, the Federates are still here this late in 87. Yeah, I didn't still there. That. They are still very there. Very much still there. Vince hates the music, by the way. Jive still, bro. Fuck that, Jussie. What's he? That's like one of the best <laughs> themes of all time. Ugh. Slick is very dapper in a gray suit today. But next up, Jesus Christ Superstar kicks in. That's right. Billy Graham is coming out looking elderly as usual. Old as shit, man. He man, can... what a shame, dude. Like, seriously, like, I again. Hate when he wrestles in the mid-80s. Late 82, 83, he was still pretty fucking good with the karate yeah. and stuff. And look at him now. He's just a big 
Like he's kind of overweight and he's already had his surgery. Had his surgery. He barely can walk to the ring. It's he like barely kind of, walk. It's sad. And he's supposed to be on that Survivor Series team with Hogan. I can't even believe. Yeah. they were gonna do that. Reed attacks Graham as soon as he even gets to the apron. Kicks his fucking ass. Bruno hates it. This is disgusting. Calm. And then from the guy that beat him for the belt. What, like, what is he talking about? And then Jesse brings it up. He's like, "You're a fine one to talk, Bruno. I remember when you jumped Billy Graham, right?" And Bruno just says nothing. It was yep. like that's why Jesse's good. He calls that shit out. <laughs> he does. So Reed beats the shit out of Graham with a chair now, including the bad hip. This is kind of sad. In in like in real life too. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Reed now attacks the leg as we get <laughs> random insert from one man gang. <laughs> and he's basically like, you know, Slick is the greatest manager in professional wrestling right now. How nice of him. <laughs> nice oh, pleasant. <laughs> he's good. Yeah. Reed goes upstairs and tries a double axe. Graham fires back with awful punches. He slingshots Slick into the ring. And Jesse's like, there's no reason. What do you bring Slick in the ring for, you yep. dumbass? So Graham goes after Slick in the corner with a bear hug. But then gang comes in from out of nowhere. And he falls right into Graham. Gang and Reed now beat the fuck out of Graham as the crowd is chanting for Hogan. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, like he's going to show up to this. <laughs> yeah, okay. 747 splash on Graham right on the hip. And another one. And a third one. Finally, Don Morocco gets Hell out yeah. here. Yes, man. Yes. Somebody that remembers him from the 82 cannon. See, see, there you go. There's the connection. And he makes a save. And he cleans house on everyone. Huge pop for this. Morocco is just like fuck off, and he, like, kicks everyone's ass. It's very good. It's good, yeah. Fired up Don Morocco, yeah. man. You mean to tell me we're gonna have to watch one of those bloody operations? Graham's very hurt, though, still, and Jesse still has no remorse. The EMTs tried to load Graham onto a stretcher, but Reed and Gang continue Yeah, to I couldn't believe this was still going on. Meanies. They, yeah, they come back. They even Gang gives him the 747 while Graham is on the stretcher. It's fucked up. I don't like it. Morocco is finally able to chase him out of there. And now in a complete non sequitur, we cut to Craig all happy to talk about the Boston Garden show. <laughs> horrible timing. Ah, Boston Garden. And he also named Sean uh, McDonough, Ooh. who was play-by-play. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, so, as Greg rambles on here, Randy Savage wanders into the frame to talk shit about Honky. Good. Hey, when's the Macho Man? Yeah, he should be on this show. And he mentions Quinn. He's like, Ugh, Sherry Martell will be there. Wait, right? stop! Don't don't expose her, Macho Man. <laughs> and I understand that Sherry Martell in the corner. Yeah. Savage predicts uh, it'll be like the uh, the Lakers versus the Celtics, but multiplied by ten thousand times. Uh, because I'm leaving with the IC belt, but I'm also leaving with the Ladies Championship belt. What? Uh, he also he's take Sherry's belt too. <laughs> he also, I guess, he also says he's taking the Macho Madness freaks with him. What? <laughs> and how come this Sherry thing wasn't ever talked about more? Like he's talking about like Liz versus Sherry in 1987. It's really weird. Yeah, he says it's like, and she's got sights on Liz. Yeah, yeah. you know. And I'm like, but, uh, what? Mr. Elizabeth will be the. You what know? is going on here? They they completely retcon that uh, yeah. Sherry was Peggy Sue. Right. By the way, Sherry as Peggy Sue is phenomenal. Of course it is. Every, Sherry, everything I, she ever did was good. Yep. Like, she always makes something happen. Even, like, when Macho Man's fighting fucking jobbers on Superstar, she's going, like, ape shit yes. outside, and it's just like, why is she so captivating? Like, I don't get it. She really is one of the best ever, yeah. honestly. Anyway, back to ringside, where Billy Graham is finally being wheeled out of here. Good. Gotta say, Quinn, not too long ago, we did a Superstars from... 
I want to say mid 88, like mid late 88. Wasn't he walking the desert or something? Yes, but that's not the one I mean. Mm-hmm. Where Greg Valentine beat the shit out of Billy Graham. <laughs> and we did the stretcher gimmick, remember? And they dropped him. Well, that's his only role anymore. And Morocco, yeah, Morocco was already with Graham, so right. Morocco made the save. Everyone was always beating him up. Well, it's just weird that they did it again a year yeah. later, but but whatever. Gotta give him something to do. Get beat up, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, we cut now to Ricky Steamboat, who bitches at the Honky Tonk Man for being a fucking asshole. And next week, the Dragon's taking on Honky, and Honky's going down. Good. Yeah, very hey, good. Big um, rematch here. That's That seems like it would be... They barely mentioned that the whole show. Yeah. They were more talking about like Macho Man yeah. fighting him, but Pile Driver. <laughs> this seems like a bigger like finally he gets his revenge or whatever, yeah. right? And we now cut to Honky playing guitar poorly. <laughs> and he says he's got a special tune for the dragon. But also next week when mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan, one man gang, wow, British Bulldogs, okay, Rick Rude. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Wow, packed show next week, huh? That's a great looking show. Mm-hmm. So Vince gets us out of here, and we end on a replay of Graham getting attacked. Great right. way to end it, guys. What is this, WCW? What a downer. Seriously. But you know what? This was a fun episode. No issues with it at all. And it was a really great roster, like I said at the beginning. Just fun. I mean, it's just yeah. well-produced, fast-paced. I loved it. Fun episode. Superstars as always. Some weirdness with Sherry that I never knew about. <laughs> yeah, and, I know. But all great stuff. Really good stuff. And folks, we hope you thought this was good stuff. We'll be back with more stuff next week as we have episode 236 coming up. But in the meantime, just a couple of quick reminders before we get out of here. If you have an Apple Podcasts iTunes account and you listen to the show and you've never left us a review, please leave us a review. It does matter. I don't know why or how, but it just does. It helps. That's what they say, okay? You can also follow us on Twitter. Reminder, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email. Join the group if you have Facebook. People like the group. It's a fun time there. And again, if you want extra OVP content, two more shows are available over on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That's if you want to donate. But Quinn, until next time, until next week, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. Just who does this guy think he is? Sam Houston, drugstore cowboy. Facing dangerous Danny Davis on TV. And the officials giving him the match. Well, let me tell you something, son. Next time we meet, I'm going to teach you something you can't learn down on the ranch. Yeah, Danny Davis, you're a little bit mad at me right now, and that's fine and dandy with me. My pa always told me, he said, son, there's a couple of things you got to learn in life. Some men you got to whip twice. Anytime you want to jump in the ring, you just jump on in the ring, and I'll come out there dancing, and I'll do a hoedown on your behind again. When you stop, stop, stop.